Uh, sadly gotten called into work maybe will join us towards the tail end of the episode uh we'll see but we have a stacked house tonight of all kinds of people we got mr scott graham with us in the house oh, oh hello we got mr rob boyd <laughs> what's up we have the fabulous mctoon hey 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 and the long lost spawn of mctoon what's up devin hey you're there. Hey. Yeah, I'm back. Nothing? We don't get a what's crack a lacking? Nothing? No, no, no. I haven't gotten that far yet. All right. <laughs> no. well, it's good to have you back, man. Where the hell have you been? For those that don't know. Uh, I've been in Indiana for the past two and a half months. So you built some really big-ass complicated machines for, like, ever, don't you? Yeah, I was, I was working for a company out there and building some machines, and it went well, so... Nobody cares. Hey, <laughs> it I doesn't care. fly. I care. Well, Rob, God damn it, whoever said that, Rob freaking asked. I did ask. I asked. I was interested. <laughs> That's cool. No, so, so does that thing come with like a giant 7,000 page Ikea assembly manual or just a box of parts? And it comes with a couple of brains from a couple of dudes and that's how you get it. <laughs> nice. Nice, Rob. Yeah. Did you learn a bunch of stuff? Yeah, I learned a bunch of stuff. It was good. Good trip. That's awesome. Right on. Well, we're excited yeah. to have you back, man. And, uh, oh, really? I, yeah. <laughs> I heard, are we, though? I heard are that we? my spot was taken by my father, and, you know, I'm getting thrown yeah. off in a ditch. Well, he's mm. done a better job than you have. Oh, I mean, shit. <laughs> he does have some pretty awesome stories. Well, he's been, he's been flying since he's a senior in high school. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> you, you'll be okay. happy to hear, though, we didn't get any dirt out of him about you, and boy, did we try. Oh, no, you won't. Yeah, he, uh, he definitely down. has your back. That's a bro code thing, man. <laughs> I don't there know if I would be as kind to my son 20 years from now. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about where Devin and McToon were last week. Last week? Week and a half? I've lost track of time. But at Urcha, we're going to catch up on all their shenanigans there. But uh, before we get into Urcha talk, let's uh, let's do some weeks. Anybody do anything... Uh, non urcha heli related in the last week yeah i went flying yeah hey. how's it feel uh i mean i it felt fine it was good <laughs> it felt pretty normal it's just like going out to fly any other day except i just hadn't done it for two and a half months so there you go besides urcha yeah were you excited to get back in the air at least you know that first flight you're like yeah finally shit yeah it felt it felt real decent especially after what i call a shitty ass 12 hour drive to get back home so yeah it felt real so nice. was your first flight back which i guess was actually at urcha but 
Were you like us, where you feel rusty and terrible, or did you just kick into Devon high gear and just have at it? No, I just, I just go. I just do, do what I do. Just, just let it happen. Just yeah. let it ooze out of your brain. Yeah, just let it go. I wish I could say that. I missed two weeks, and it feels like it takes me three or four flights to get back to where I was. No, no, it's probably maybe 20 seconds, and I'm all right. Wow, that's impressive. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Real impressive. I like those low figure numbers, you know? Nice. McToon, do you yeah. concur? About 20 seconds and he's right back at it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of pissed off people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he hasn't flown in three months and he does that? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, but before we move on, Devin, anything else uh, in the last week going on, Heliwise? Oh, yeah, I bought a new ESC. Oh, what'd you get? Did yeah. you get the new 260? I got a Hobbywing 260. Nice. Yeah, buddy. So you have it so, in hand yet? I will have it in hand on Thursday. Well, this weekend, probably. I'll have it in hand. So, But I have a great plan. It's going to be the 260 coupled with a V-Bar Evo coupled with 12-volt servos. Yeah, so I was going to say, I'm, I'm betting you're going 12 volts. Yep. <clears throat> right on. 12, 12 volt at 760. It should be crazy. Yeah, dude, that's going to be smooth as glass. All right, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Um, All right, Rob. Yeah. What you got? Uh, some more generic flying and uh, uh, almost crashing, but not, which is good. Um, I got a bunch more flights out on the Goblin 570. Um, we... Uh, I uh, have talked before in the past about um, my batteries are getting kind of old, and I've got one of them that's really, really pretty puffy, and I don't fly on it anymore. So um, at, at, after we recorded, probably midweek or so, I, I took my son out, and we went to the range, and uh, we shot one of those up and let all the smoke out, um, which was cool. Um, so now I have eight, seven seven-cell batteries to plow through, and took them out and flew a, a good session the other day. Um, probably five or six flights on it. Uh, you know, just some randos around the park showed up to watch, which is pretty cool. Um, but I had a good time, you know, I'm not, uh, anywhere near, um, like Devon level or pro level, but I'm definitely better than I was, um, even a few months ago, you know, but I'm starting to feel more of that kind of like Devin was saying, I just do what I do, you know, where I just put it in the air. I'm not really thinking a ton about like what I'm doing. I'm just doing tricks they're not like super extravagant tricks but all the tricks that i know how to do i'm able to just settle right into them so i had a nice nice long comfortable session uh middle of the week um i had some just uh house related stuff that i had to do uh my uh, uh my brother's kid's birthday was actually earlier today so i went and did that for him which is pretty cool um but um yeah just trying to keep it on the level oh i uh i made my first tele purchase in months and months i finally bought some parts for the t-rex 600 so yeah i'm hopeful to get that thing back in the air by uh the time we record next maybe this weekend i'll be able to fly it so yeah wow. that'll be yeah dude that'll be cool now the canopy is dude i'm having the hardest time finding a t-rex 600 uh e pro canopy that's in stock just a stock canopy I don't think they make them anymore. I don't know. Um, so I'm like basically stuck with either calling out to fans. If anybody has a T-Rex 600, wants to sell me their old T-Rex 600 E-Pro canopy, 
Mine, uh, the nose, basically the tip of the nose cone has got a crack most of the way around it. I probably could fix it on my own, you know, just go get some fiberglass sheet and some, some of the resin and stuff and just, just kind of piecemeal it back together. It's not falling off or nothing, but it's just a shitty looking crack, you know? Um, but anyway, so, uh, that's the only thing I don't have for the T-Rex 600 is a fresh canopy, but, um, so if anybody's got one that, you know, I could go buy a Canomod canopy somewhere or one of those aftermarket ones, but I don't want to spend yeah. $80 on a nearly 20 year old helicopter. You know what I'm saying? So 15 year old helicopter. Wow. So. Shove some toilet paper in the nose on the inside and, fill up <laughs> the CA and call it good. There you go. Just set it out in the backyard till all the fumes are gone. And I've done, Hey, I've got actually a bunch of my other canopies have little patches like that. Um, so I'm not averse dude. I don't know. You'd have to see like, if you go back on my page somewhere in there, there's a picture and it shows the canopy. It's a big tear, but it's a bunch of fiberglass weave in there where I know if I kind of put it back together and then throw like a couple of strips inside with resin in the inside, it'll soak into all the weave, maybe put a little on the outside and then I can sand and paint it after and it'd be a contiguous canopy at that point, you know? Yeah. Do you plan to paint it or just run whatever someone gives you? I just would run whatever, you know, if I, you know, actually it would be fun to paint one. I haven't done that in a long time. I know how, you know, um, it just haven't gone, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole in a long time. Last, actually the last canopy I, I painted, <laughs> I was, uh, chasing the bubbles and then taking, oh, uh, no. going too fast. Right. And so by, by the time I got done to where I thought it was a nice smooth thing after like the sixth fucking layer of clear coat. You know, you crack the thing in the corner and it looks like a damn jawbreaker with all the layers <laughs> and it was way heavier and stuff. So I know the next time I do it, I'm going to do the less is more and take my time, do it right, you know, but uh, so maybe, I don't know. So if I got a canopy that was marred on the outside or something, I would just probably paint it or sticker it up or something like an old skateboard. I don't know. I'm impartial. I just want to have a, a shroud over the top of the electronics. That's really all I'm concerned with, you know, so yeah. Anyway, that's my week. So a little bit of good flying, not a ton of simming, uh, some good family time, and uh, I got paid, so I was able to make a heli purchase, and then hopefully by next time we record, the whole fleet will be back in the air again. So nice. Right on. Yeah, bro. Right. I think I'm going to go ahead and go next. So I just finished two weeks on the road and got home on Friday from a horrendous work project in Nashville. I won't go into details, but it was just terrible. It was a miserable week. Um, so it's really yeah. happy to come home from that one. It can't all be great, I guess. Uh, so I had no fly for me for the last two weeks. Uh, although there's at least five of us already going out Wednesday morning here. I don't know how long we're going to last because it's going to be like 95 degrees from the get-go. Uh, and like 90 plus percent humidity. But anyway. Uh, but I will get out with the boys and get some flying in. Uh, I did do a little bit of purchasing. I, hmm. uh, the whole micro heli thing, man, I just, I can't seem to quite outgrow it. And the Goose Guy uh -oh. S1 has me a little excited. I think combined with the fact that I haven't flown in two weeks, I'm like, you know, I could put the S1 in my suitcase. So yeah. I pre-ordered the ready to fly version that comes with like a cheap plastic transmitter. Like the whole thing fits in a foam carrying case. I could literally just throw amongst my clothes and put a few tiny lipos in my carry on. Uh, yeah, buddy. For sure, dude. So, picked up one of those. We'll see what that's like. Uh, but initial reviews are pretty good. Uh, and the initial price, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is really good. Um, yeah. So, ordered that. Uh, on the ordering side, although I have not spent any money, I don't know why. I've spent a lot of time looking at planks lately. 
Like, oh. I'm on this kick Uh-oh. where I want a really big, high-wing, slow-landing, flaps airplane like a Draco or a Bushmaster or just something, not so much for aerobatics, but for lazy touch-and-goes. Um, Night Vapor. Oh, wait. I just, I, I just want something I can, like, line, you know, land straight down the center line on the runway every single time and laugh at the blankers. Um, turbo <laughs> uh, Timber. I say that now. I'll probably crash <laughs> it on the first flight. Uh, yeah, the Turbo Timber doesn't excite me. Like, something what? with clear windows is way more interesting to me than something with painted windows. I don't know why. So oh, the Draco's a little it flies so good, though. Yeah, I know. But the Draco mm-hmm. lands at, like, walking speed. Uh, and then but the Bushmaster, 100 plus inch, is way too expensive, but it sure is tempting. Anyway. Just get a Habu and be done with it. No, I don't like EDFs. Like, if, yeah. if I want to hear that sound, I'll, like, walk into the bathroom while my wife's drying her hair. <laughs> yeah, right. This is true. Though. They're kind of annoying. I didn't know uh, they sounded like that. Oh, the hair dryer noise. Uh, and then list all the things I haven't done that I was supposed to. Um, <laughs> uh, last week, uh, we did an episode with John Ellis, talked about scale helicopters, uh, which I'm sad that we had technical difficulties and we couldn't get all of us in with him on the interview because he was a cool dude. Yeah. Anyway, John really inspired me to get going on my scale helicopter. So that's what I've been working on for the last four or five days, whatever it is. Um, so I wanted to paint yeah. the blades so they looked, um, you know, like they should. So striped on top, black on the bottom. So I bit the bullet and started painting. I don't know what is a set of five fifty blades cost about ninety bucks. So plus tail blades, so that's one hundred and eighty plus thirty dollar tail blades. So basically, risk destroying two hundred and twenty ish dollars of blades <laughs> by painting them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a little nerve wracking. So I've, I've got the stripe done. I've got to, like, I've done all the white and black. I just need to do a little touch up and then clear coat it. And then apparently what I'm learning from the scale guys, you then rebalance the blades and you yep. do that with the clear coat. Yes. Right. Add clear yep. to make, add weight. Yeah. So you basically yeah. put like whatever clear you want on the whole blade and then take your matching sets, which I marked and then match those with just overall clear. Uh, then, sorry, then balance each so it hits the right balance point, and then you spray right on that balance point, right on the CG of the blade, extra clear coat until they match in weight. Um, yep, yep. So that's the plan. So we'll see how this goes. I'm a little terrified. So I have a set of those same spin 550 blades that are unpainted right now, and I'm a little terrified to weigh the unpainted version and the painted one and see how much weight I've added to this thing. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's a scale bird. It's, it's not a yeah. big deal, but <laughs> there's a lot of paint on there. Fucking uh, Nick's gonna have nightmares of his heli doing a chicken dance on the maiden and paint just flying off all the blades and fucking uh, wadding himself up. Uh, dude, you're not kidding. Like, be all I, right. s- I started to test fit the mechanics inside the fuselage, and so I stripped a bunch of stuff off it. Uh, and I kind of wish I'd waited because now what I think I'm gonna do is take it back out of the fuselage, put the skids and everything back on it, and fly it with the balanced painted blades so that if, if it does just yeah. destroy itself, I'm not destroying the fuselage. Because yeah. hell, I'll hang that fuselage on the wall, even if I don't put mechanics in it. Uh, so if it's, if it's, it's any consolation, I, I way back in the day when before the X five came out, I uh, uh, <laughs> this was back when we were doing mods where you would take a broomstick, a broom handle, and cut it with a pipe cutter to be the length so you could stretch your helis, right? Because they didn't make booms long enough, and it was a weird diameter. But anyway, 
long story short, I was doing that. And during the time I was doing that, I came up with this kind of like a creamsicle orange and white kind of scheme, right? And I wanted my blades to be like that too. So I just bought a set of just, I, I don't remember what brand they were, just some random white carbon, the ones that say just little CF with the one little black stripe on them. It was something like that, right? And without even knowing really what I was supposed to do, I just taped and painted them fuckers, dude. And then I made sure they weighed the same. I just did your generic balancing at the end. And I was fine, man. I mean, I could feel the weight just a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But I think, yeah, you, you won't have to worry about it as much as you think you are. I mean, you got four blades, so as long as you do the two sets balanced on either side, you're not going to be adding a tremendous amount of weight here, unless you're a really shitty painter. Then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm definitely a shitty painter, fine. but um, you know, it's spray <laughs> paint, and I went fairly light with it. But I mean, yeah. the thing is, is that it's funny, you know, I've been posting in some of the scale forums, trying to get tips from, you know, people way smarter than I am. Uh, and for every guy you find that's like, just make sure they're the same weight and don't worry about it. There's a guy that's like, oh my God, everything has to be perfect. And you even need to check the cord wise CG. Like not just yeah. the overall CG of the blade, but the cord wise CG. So, but for every guy that's like that anal, there's a guy that's like, just slap some paint on it and make sure they're in the ballpark. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah. So I'm leaning more towards the ballpark guys and hoping that they're right. <laughs> we'll see. Dude, just uh, spool it up and get above it with a step ladder and just spooge the paint right on the disc. I bet that would look pretty. I could get the stripes probably really fast that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's going well. I did test fit the mechanics in the fuselage for the first time, and that went really well. I was really worried that, you know, the tail boom would be too long or the tail rotor, you know, just whatever, that the spacing would be way off. But it's definitely going to work. You know, there's some massaging and some fitting and some cutting that'll have to be done like on any scale bird, but it's going to yeah. work. So that was really promising. So I think the next steps are to pull the mechanics out. Like I said, get the painted blades on it when they're ready, test fly it again outside of the fuselage. And then the thing I need to do after that is I think I want to be able to put a cockpit in this thing eventually, which means I need mm, to yeah. cut up the Nimbus frame. So basically take the ESC off the nose of the frame, put it on the side, like kind of under the rotor disc somewhere. Um, right, and then cut the whole front of the frame set off to make room for the cockpit. So, and then I got to figure out how to mount the battery. So, there's a lot to figure out. I'm going to go real slow on the scale. It's not going to be ready in two weeks or three weeks. You know, it's it's going to be this winter. Yeah. So, it's going to be a long winter project, but it's going well. I'm excited to work on it again, and that's really kind of the big takeaway from it. But anyway, that's all I got this week. Uh, speaking of the scale episode, though, we got loads of great feedback from that. So ton of interest yeah. on facebook from it a lot of nice messages from people the scale community certainly seemed to appreciate it that we did that episode so i think maybe you know down the road maybe we'll do a little more uh related to scale so uh i don't know got some great feedback from that so thanks to everyone that messaged us and uh said something nice about that episode shit man i'm on the show and it was because i didn't get to be part of the interview when i went back and listened it was super exciting and fun to listen to that guy talk about all the ins and outs of scale stuff it's just so much more intricate you know, I got myself here thinking, I'm listening to you talk about your scale bird. And I'm like, when, I wonder when it's going to be when Nick has a little Tupperware full of rivets and a thing at Elmer's glue. And he's just going to be sitting there riveting oh. up his scale heli, dude. I tell you what, man. I don't know. Man. I don't know about that. Maybe one day. We'll see. When That's like a retirement <laughs> project. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't have that kind of time right now. That's why I'm working with a pre-painted fuselage. But uh, there you go. Time anyway, for epicness is later. Now you just got to get it in the air. Yeah. All right, so we're down to McToon and Scott. Who wants to go next? Me. All right, what do you got? Ooh. Nothing, no fly. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, hung out over the weekend with my buddy John Titus and my other friend Jeff. Uh, Jeff Anderson, not related to Anderson RC. Um, but yeah, two cool guys. I helped them with some of their heli stuff. Um, spent some time in the field setting up a friend's helis too on the side. But uh, yeah, it was good fun hanging out, hanging out with them. Um, and then something really cool happened today. Anyone want to take a guess? Your balls dropped. See, yeah, see, finally. You know, I, I almost said that because I could hear Dan's voice going, your balls dropped. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, I can't do that. that that's a Dan joke. And it, I just wasn't feeling it. But then Rob, you jumped in. So Dan appreciates that. Anyway, go ahead. Scott. Yeah. Bring love. Dan and spirit. So I, I put it out in the world. I said I was looking to purchase a DX9 Black Edition. It's a radio that I thought looked super cool. I mean, for years. Obviously, I know not everyone likes Spectrum and we like to bash on things like that. But I always thought the radio was cool. Looks nice. I had used, um, what's his name? Hans, uh, what is his name? Tyson? Tyson Hanslick, I think his last name is. Um, yeah, sounds right. Yeah, but he has one. I think he got it from John. And it's, it's just cool. I like it. It's murdered out, which everything murdered out is badass. Yeah. So I wanted to buy one. I put it out as a feeler. I said, if anyone wants one, shoot me an email. And this guy, Paul, emails me. Um, I never really spoke to him before, um, but he reaches out. He's like, hey, I got a radio. Um, let me know what your address is. And I'm like, oh, you know, I, was, you know, I live here, whatever, but let me know how much you want for it and that, and I'll pay shipping. And he's like, no, free of charge. He's paying shipping. And he gave me the radio and a case. And this thing is brand oh, new. What? It, yeah. yeah like before we started recording, I'm peeling the, the sticky stuff off of the switch backing. Like <laughs> nice. the little clear thing. Whoa. It still it has the new, new. transmitter like, smell and everything. Yeah. Yeah. 100% brand new. I, I can't believe it. I've always thought this was such a cool looking radio and I really wanted to fly some, some bind and fly stuff and some little, yeah. you know, smaller micro stuff like the S1, which I also uh, have on pre-order. Yeah. Um, Super stoked about that. Um, yeah, it's. I'm just thrilled. I can't believe it. He put a note in there too and told me a little bit about his backstory. He started flying in 210. Uh, you know, had some issues. Um, had to kind of give it, give it up a little bit and put it back. But he's shooting to make 2024 like his season to get back in it. And just well, absolutely awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I Paul, mean, I'm, you are the shit. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Because like we've all done stuff. We've all given people things, but. It's right. really cool to see something turn around and come back, and it's I'm, I'm like flabbergasted. I don't know what to say, so other than just thank you. Apparently, he wow. listens to all the podcasts. He's never missed an episode, so I'm sure you'll hear this. Thank you very much. Um, this is probably the coolest thing anyone's ever given me. Wow. Paul, yeah, uh, I, I know it's not much, Paul, but shoot me a message, man. We'll get some RCHN stickers out to you. There you go. Yeah, buddy. Um, that's awesome, man. That's badass. I have a DX9 myself, so I'm not even going to a little bit make fun of it. And, <laughs> yeah, dude. Spectrum, yeah, and I have the Black Edition, and I, you know, when you were asking for one, I was like, well, I could sell mine, but then I look at the, the Aero Scout on the wall that, like, my son was interested in, and I still dream that he will be again, and I'm like, no, I need to keep it in case my son wants to learn to fly again. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's cool. You gotta have a Spectrum radio, at least one in your fleet, for yeah. just the cool Biden fly foamy stuff and that, and my field just unlocked, uh, not unlocked, they allowed um, night flying. So you can fly like night radians and stuff to like, you know, 10 o'clock at night on a regular basis. Oh, and fun. I was always like, oh, that's super cool, but I don't want to put a $300 Neo 
into a you know two hundred dollar foamy and go fly. So yeah. now I can yeah. pick up the Biden fly shit and just open the box, throw a battery in it, and go have a really good time. So this is cool. This is this is going to reinvigorate the let's just go have fun side of the hobby. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Super stoked. All right, yeah, plus else? you're going to be doing hero flips with that little S1 when it finally comes in. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm going to beat that yeah. shit out of it. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do some really, really, really questionable things with it. Yeah, hey, you know what you got to do? <laughs> you got to flip it over and land on your li- like your living room ceiling and just have it like plant hover there. That's Come on now. The micros now. That's so 2004. We're going to go stick it to a wall. The wall. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The wall Remember landing. the Rex 500? Someone stuck it to a wall at a trade show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to yeah. replicate that with an S1. Do and that. then we're going to end up with two S0.5s. You got to make it into a Facebook reel so you get all the likes. And the algorithm <laughs> yeah. praises you for that. Well, what I want is I want people to give some ideas. If you have a little helicopter and very poor judgment, what are we going to do with it? Fly it inside like, the back of a van while the van's driving. That sounds RC fun. Change but does not endorse or verify or anything in this competition in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, nothing dangerous like that. Like, personal injury is bad. The last thing I did was with a Blade S1, I think. I was hanging out with my buddy Mike Lawrence, and he had a bet that we couldn't fly into a porter potty, flip the helicopter, and then fly back out of the porter potty. We were successful. Oh, yeah. We did that. <laughs> How many times Wait. were you unsuccessful beforehand? Wait, here's and yeah, here's what I want to know. Seat open or seat closed? Seat open. We call <laughs> it flipping Whoa. a shit. Flipping the shit. <laughs> so Bang, if you crashed and it took a nosedive. There, oh, dude, it would have been fucking blue. <laughs> okay, so here's one that you could totally do with the micro. You can maybe even pull this off. Well, at a hotel, it's almost like gorilla whooping, right? But it's a toy. It's so small, it's like a toy. I did this in my office one time where I took back when um, they had the uh, blade, uh, what was it, the M1 or something, the little fixed pitch, the little blue thing, little tiny thing. Um, I took that on a walk through my office and onto the elevator and then hovered in the elevator, went down to the basement and came out and then went up through the atrium, up through the stairwell and then back to my cube and landed and just following it with a camera and put that on YouTube. Like this was years and years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So with the little S1, dude, you could totally do like nifty little fun little obstacle coursey kind of fun things like that dude for yeah, sure i gotta see how low the head speed goes to make sure it's not sketchy <laughs> yeah like i'm yeah. in my brain i'm thinking of like a logo 200 or an s2 or whatever and you know that shit rips <laughs> rpm i'm not flying that indoors but if the s1 is a little bit more timid we'll, we'll see what it does um we might have to reserve that for getting another nano <laughs> there you go yeah there you go. But yeah, I'm stoked. Nice. If anyone has any cool ideas, email me, message me, whatever. Um, maybe we'll have one for extravaganza and we can like put it inside of a, a mesh ball and go make it uncrashable or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there you go. What are we doing? I, I just want to see an inverted auto. Fuck it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right into your front pocket. <laughs> there you go. Tell you what, I'll do it into your pocket. Dude, they're so small, you probably, if you came in and you, like, just, like, flared it, you could blade stop at, like, 15 feet away from you and just have it being lobbed at you like a little ball and just reach out and catch it. And the blades <laughs> would be stopped, everything would be just off, and it would just be, like, oh, people man. do with, the, like, the whoops and shit. Yeah. Well, let me just make this disclaimer, too, seeing as we're doing this. All yeah. helicopters, including small ones, can hurt you. I have cut yeah, my yeah. arm with a Nano S1 or S2, the little blue shit. Yeah, the weighs nothing. Yeah, man, I was playing with those, shooting like baby autos and stuff, and overspeeds. 
which they don't do very well, which is why I hit myself. But I hit my arm, and it was a little, like, not a paper cut, but it was a decent, you know, two-inch slice. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Ow! <laughs> was, there was a guy, actually, this conversation happened online somewhere. Uh, around the release of the S1, and there was a guy who posted pictures of his wife with her arm all sliced up like six times it got her oh. uh, from when he was flying, like, uh, I think it was an OMP on one, although the heli doesn't matter, like, inside the house and accidentally hit his wife. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll hurt you a little. There you go. Um, so, and hunting for fun ideas, not dangerous <laughs> ideas. Yeah. But, yeah, let's do stupid stuff with them. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, McToon, what do you got? What have you been up to? Let me guess. You flew, and then you flew some more, and then you flew some more, and you flew some more, and you worked a little. Yeah, you guys are going to be pissed at me. <laughs> you say that every week. I flew all weekend. What do you want? Oh, dude. <laughs> Evan, your I dad's went to been Johnstown, killing us, Every York. time we talk to him, he's like, oh, I kept my RV at the field, and I flew 97 hours this weekend. Well, somebody's got to do it. I know. We're just jealous. I'm making up for Dan. <laughs> True that. <laughs> So Friday night, I drove up to Johnstown, New York, and flew jets. And then I did it again on Saturday. And then we went to the field on Sunday and flew oh, out. Jets? Jets are cool, man. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> jets are cool. Did you have any close calls with Except jets? For little ducted I flew my jet on Saturday in 30 mile an hour winds. Dang. It's crazy. I bet that was tough to land that fucking thing, dude. Yes. yes. I bet you were the dude. only one flying. <laughs> there were four <laughs> of us flying. <laughs> wow. Were you daring each other to fly, or are you just doing it because you're that good? Dared each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what I thought. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was like, crazy windy. Crazy windy. <laughs> you could we, almost we not looking... stand. Dude, wow. man, that's that high pressure. Right. I feel gambling. like this is that's... getting a tall tale. No. No, no, Devin. No. Nope. I'm so you back this Somebody's up. got a video. Really? I don't so, know. I wasn't there. Yeah. He so wasn't did you there. stick them landings, or did you have to do a touch and go and come back, or what? Oh no, I stuck them. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. That's cool. I suppose though, was it like a crosswind across the runway or with the runway? No, nah, straight down. Straight down it. Okay. Yeah, so so it wasn't too bad. That's cool. So I suppose you had one pass where you could just really haul ass with them things, right? I'm, I know they're fast. I mean, I don't know a lot about them, but I would gather that going downwind, you could just tear ass with yeah, them. Yeah, it was right? about 180 miles an hour in one direction and 230 <laughs> in the other. God damn, dude. <laughs> 180 dude, into the yeah. wind is pretty good. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was ripping. It was dude, that's ripping. pretty red. Yeah, they cooked food uh -huh. for us. There was probably 150 people there. Wow. It's a great time. Great time. Yeah, good times, dude. Was, fun. Was that a fun fly or just like a bunch of dudes getting together? No, that was a fun fly. There was probably okay. 30 campers there. It's big. Wow. Yeah, it nice. was a lot of fun. Nice. They cooked. The food was freaking incredible. I was like, man, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> <I'm going home. laughs> do, do you ever like. You guys do you ever like pull out a helicopter? Or you're like, oh shit, my cover's blown and you keep them hidden. Typically, I bring a heli with me, but I didn't this time. Okay. Dude, I suppose, man, trying to wield a heli at, in 30 mile an hour winds the way you would fly it compared to flying a, uh, a jet around at 180 miles an hour, it's kind of like a no compare at that point. You know, it's like, just leave it in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I bet the yeah. Uh, autos could have been registered on a month 
you know, scale. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is true. You could just sit there Although and just, like, start like, the auto over there. Like... <laughs> just hover there yeah. and be like, oh, I ain't ready to land yet. But you're like, where's the heli? It's gonna... going up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the only auto you start upwind and drift downwind. <laughs> It would be tough to auto in that wind. It's, it was so windy, it would blow it backwards. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You yeah. would just lose all that forward speed and just... Yeah, so I drove up there Friday night, came home early Saturday, and I think I got about six flights. It was good. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Turbine ran good. Helis did good on Sunday. Um, that was, I mean, my typical weekend, guys. Flying. Nice. <laughs> Jealous. Again. You gotta get your oh. mojo back. <laughs> Dude, you know, do you know what broke my heart today? And like, this crushed my soul. So... What's that? Uh, my wife loves to take the kids on trips. Loves it. And I usually go with them at least twice a year. But work-wise, that's about it for me that, that I can get away with. Uh, and I'm away so often that there's a week my wife takes the kids away that I'm not going. Uh... I stay home, I'll take care of the dogs and all that too, but I usually get a bunch of stuff done around the house that I haven't been able to get done all year, you know, big projects or whatever. I also fly my ass off when that happens. I'll go flying like every day for four or five hours and then come home and do projects. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there's a week in October that that was supposed to happen and I got offered a really lucrative work project the same week and I was like, oh shit, I gotta take it. I, like I'd be stupid yeah. not to take this project, so I screwed up my week in October where I could fly every single day and pretend I was McToon. Um, so, <laughs> hey, but you're getting paid for it, so there's that. Yeah, I'll I mean, tell you what, good. I'll go flying for you. <laughs> you just give me yeah. hope, man. I hope that you know when, when I'm ready to retire that that's my future. We'll see. Not there yet. Not even close yet. I don't take as many flights as I used to, but I still do a lot of flights when I'm out there. Yeah. No, you're, you're living the, your best heli jet life. It's awesome. Oh, I'm yeah. Nothing but envious. Uh, and want to get there. And will get there at some point. That's too bad All we right. didn't live closer. I drag you with me. Hey, well, it's not about dragging. It's about convincing my wife. That's not true. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. Tough. That's bad. That makes it sound like it's my wife. It's not. I'm, you know, I got kids. I got life. It's just like we said in the balance episode, right? There's a lot of priorities pulling it all our time. I don't want to go down that road. Anyway, I just don't want to mm -hmm. hang it all on my wife. It's not her fault. It's life. There you go. It's your fault. Right. Suck it up. <laughs> it is my fault. I never should have gotten married. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out just for safety. Um, you better. All right. <laughs> it's probably smart. Before I stick my foot further in my mouth. Um, let's, uh, let's do some news. So, first up, I want to talk about some event news. And this first one we meant to do last week, but in the shuffle and the technical difficulties, uh, Adam, just want to say sorry, man. We meant to shout you out last week. But anyway, we got you covered this week. So, Adam Small reached out to us to talk about the Mile High Heli Showdown event coming up on September 15th through the 17th in Brighton, Colorado. Uh, that event's put on by the Longmont Aircraft Modelers Association. You can go ahead and register for the event online and also find out more information at Mile High 
helishowdown.com. So get more info there. Also, they have a Facebook group. Search for Mile High Heli Showdown, and you can hit up Adam Small via the website as well for more information. Definitely check out that one. Uh, and be sure to hit the locals up for tips on high elevation heli flying. I'm sure they have some uh, info for you. Okay. Also coming up in events is the super fun, super awesome Come Meet Scott Graham Heli X event at Triple Tree Aerodrome in South Carolina. You can also... I wasn't made aware of it. You weren't made aware of it? Yeah, I, I, people a, are supposed to meet me. I don't like meeting people. Yeah, we have a whole thing. We have a tent. We've got photos for you to autograph. Like the whole bit. Oh, God. Oh, God. A big, a big balloon with your face on it. Rob, I'll pay you to oh, be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, seriously. Helix is an awesome fun fly at Triple Tree Aerodrome, which is a beautiful facility if you've never been there. It's in South Carolina. Uh, it's well known for all of the facility's uh, resources, including tons of RV hookups all over the property, uh, tent camping, awesome bathroom and shower house. Like, seriously, there's like 15 showers and 15 toilets or something like that. It's crazy. Huge. I mean, the place is meant to hold events that have thousands of people. So, you know, there'll be 150 people maybe uh, using these facilities meant for 1,500 people. So, uh, beautiful facility, putting green grass to fly on multiple flying areas um so if you want to fly with the crowd and the pros you can if you want to find a nice quiet spot in the corner you can um tons of great pilots there uh, lots of uh manufacturers planning on going as well uh, hosted by some fantastic people uh and draws just a great crowd of some of my favorite humans in the hobby uh it's over labor day weekend so it's just a little bit over a week from now uh, and I think from RCHN, you're going to see Scott. Is that true? I will be there. Uh, what about you, McToon and Devin? You guys planning on going? Yeah, we'll be there. Heck yeah. We'll be there. I'm doing like a drive-by on Saturday only because I fly back from a project in Miami Friday night. So I'll be there Saturday uh, and maybe Sunday morning. Not sure yet. And uh, so come say hi or just come to the event it's just a super fun event there's a sliding auto contest that's a that's a not miss because there's usually a spectacular crash or two uh as well um and just like i said great facility so definitely check that out anybody else want to say anything about heli x before we move on be there <laughs> or be square <laughs> <laughs> The grounds i hear are gorgeous all the pictures i see are just great and it would be so fun to fly there and it's really far from where I'm at, so I can't go, but I would love to go there, dude, and fly at that property. It would be so fun. I hear there's all kinds of shenanigans that happen over the one pond sometimes, you know, and yeah, dude, oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. There's some great flights. No, you crash um, in the pond. There's not shenanigans. There was an epic pond, pond landing last year. Yep. Um, that was pretty fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots <laughs> yeah. to see. Great night flying. Great food. Uh, I'm sure there's a website that I should have looked up, um, but you can find it online. Just search for Heli X uh, or hit up Cliff Lewis. Uh, I'm sure he'll be able to direct you. He's kind of the face of the event. Um, yeah, you can definitely find out more info on Facebook if you dig around or ask around on the Hangout as well. All right. Hey, Scott, when you go to Heli X, Scott, you got to take the uh, S1 and you got to try and land it on that plane uh, statue that's out in the pond. You got to try and land on the top of it and then pull, go to hold and then go back out and fly away. Do you even know me? I'll do that with a 700. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, dude, if you could do a 700 to hold and let the blade stop like you landed and then take off from that, have at it. But if you could, or 
power loop the wings with the S1. Oh, you can do yeah. that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that plane's gone, by the way. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. oh. Put it back. They should put it back. Or another one. Let's put pretty a helicopter sure I saw there. S- somebody climbing that airplane last year, but I'm not sure <laughs> if I made that up. Or that <laughs> <happened>. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> So if you want to know why it's gone, uh, you can ask. <clears throat> um, all right. Speaking of fun flies, urchin news. So, and I'm not going to dig into this. Don't worry. Uh, there is a super long thread by Augie Copter, uh, who's one of the board members of Urcha in the RC Heli Geeks Facebook group, detailing a whole bunch of legal stuff going on at Urcha. And I don't want to get into it even just a little bit. Honestly, it just, in, in finite detail, it just doesn't interest me. But, what I do want to say is from a big picture, the newsworthy item here is that Augie and some legal counsel is working really hard to get Urcha legitimized again, uh, meaning restore their standing in the eyes of the law in the state of Indiana and all the relevant places. And I think that's great. I know there were some yeah. shenanigans that happened around the meeting they held that night. I don't. I mean, if you guys want to dig into that when we talk Urcha, that's fine. But I don't want to mention that on the news other than to say... Augie's really trying real hard to get these guys legit again, and I think that's great. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. Somebody, somebody's got to do it, man. Okay. In AMA news, the Academy of Model Aeronautics, which, if you're not familiar, in the United States, that's the organization that all of us modelers get our insurance from if we happen to hit someone with an airplane or a car, personal property, um, and they provide insurance for that extent. But anyway, the AMA sent out an odd email this week offering up free will creation services to modelers so you know you're in a hobby field with really old people when and honestly i'm not sure what is worse starting personally to get aarp stuff in the mail or having the ama send me an email asking me if i want help writing my will and that they'll pay for it um i don't know this came from maybe it's all these people who've got flying buddies who crash into the pits but uh if you don't have a will and you want one for free you can uh, hit up the ama for help this week look for that email <laughs> nice duly noted yeah I, I almost never read the ama emails and i did this week and i was like what the <laughs> uh, it was pretty good all right let's talk new helicopter news we've got pricing now on the small addition to the goose guy family the s1 which scott and i have both gone ahead and jumped on uh the goose guy s1 is going to come in two configurations There is a bind-and-fly version that includes the helicopter, one battery, the Bluetooth module that plugs into the fly bar list so you can tune it from the app. Uh, It's got a charge cable for the 2S battery, and that version can be had for the low price of $199, which is pretty damn cheap considering the OMP Hobby M1 Evo bind-and-fly package is $249 for similar equipment. Goose Guy is also going to offer this model in a ready-to-fly package that includes Goose Guy's own transmitter, which granted is a plastic low-cost transmitter, but two batteries, a charger, a charge lead, and the Bluetooth module. So for the same price for the Bind and Fly M1 Evo, you can pick up the Goose Guy with the transmitter, uh, you know, a basic USB-type charger kind of deal, uh, charge lead, and the Bluetooth module. Uh, So that is $239 for the ready-to-fly version. So... They're clearly trying to dominate the market in this size class with those prices. Like I said, I picked one up to keep in the luggage um, for for business travel. Uh, Pre-orders are open now at your favorite Goose Guy retailer. Uh, And the expected ship date is sometime in late September, roughly a month or so from now. But that's a rough ballpark. Again, 
If you're the kind of person that's going to be pissed off if it happens the first week of October instead of the last week of September, wait for them to be in stock. Wrapping things up in personal news, uh, my latest video that I worked on personally is available now on the HeliDirect YouTube channel. Uh, this one's all about RC Helicopter Simulator Basics. So it's 100% aimed at beginners. So if you already know how to use a sim, you should skip it. But it just talks about how you connect your transmitter to the sim, how to set up your transmitter in the simulator, you know, configure all the settings, and what you should work on before you fly your first radio control helicopter. So if you know any raw beginners and you tell them you should purchase a simulator, point them at that video if you want to, and uh, it'll help them get started from there. All right. In other RCHN host news, I'm pretty sure Devin has an announcement to make based on me seeing his name appear randomly in a team chat I'm associated with. Devin, is there, uh, is there anything you want to share? Share? Uh, which, what specifically? I don't know. You sure did you know you, you saw a name somewhere? Did you join a team recently? I may have joined a team recently. Is there <laughs> a black component that dominates the team is that spins around and round really fast that spins round and round really fast my tail no it rhymes what? with rotor solder solder oh he's a boater now <laughs> oh it rhymes shit. with rotor if you catch my drift scroter jesus oh. he's trying really hard yeah ego drift nice That's all you dude. got yeah, Ego Drift. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I'm flying for Ego Drift now. <laughs> That's baller, dude. No, it, it was, That's it was, awesome. I was, trying to, I was trying to hype it up a little bit, and then you went that with that hyphenation, and it just really killed it, really. Oh, I mean, we can cut it out, and you can announce it a different <laughs> no, way if you want. No, it's, it's fine. It's funny. Uh, no, yeah, Ego Drift. I'm super pumped. Yeah, no, I'd just like to see you uh, have come to the dark side, as we say. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, uh, really what made good. you uh, what made you make the switch? Uh, I I wanted to. I just wanted to try something different. Okay, right on. Uh, well, yeah, super happy. You're a man that of many words. A killer prototype motor. Ooh, that is true. Very, yeah, that is very enthusiastic about your new acquisition, sir. That is that is true. I am I am flying uh, something very special. So. Ooh. The secret sauce. Mm. Yes. Uh, if anyone's been paying attention to any of the posts I've been tagging, they may have seen a post from Vincent saying hashtag Jason Russell edition. Um, yeah, there's something associated to that. Okay. Got any more so, than something? Or we got to keep guessing? It, it's, a, it's a black thing that spins and does RPM. Oh, oh, I know what this thing is. Okay. Okay. Jason Russell edition. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want one of these things. We all want one of these things. But yeah, yeah. It's I a, don't get it. It's a 700 class uh, motor. Six, 700 class motor around there. I'm flying it in the flash and it's a, uh, it's tits. Okay. It's a motor. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, is, are you, whoa, 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 whoa. A sensor. Are we running censored motors now on helis? Like the cars? No, no, no. It's oh, just a no. it's just a different Maybe. KV option that for a seven hundred class helicopter. Oh, to run a, to run a oh, smaller I battery. You were implying there was an onboard RPM sensor. What? No, no, that's not. No, no, okay. no, no. We're, that's is it an in runner motor? 
No, let's it's not start some rumors. <laughs> it's not Contronic. Listen, I'm not going to be happy until I get a, a, a message from Vincent on Saturday morning going, what? <laughs> Why are all these people messaging me about XYZ? Oh, no, right on, man. That's awesome. I won't, yeah, I won't no, keep it's, digging. But. It's super easy. It's, it's super awesome, super powerful, super happy with it. I, the flights of the videos that you've seen at Urcha have been with that motor. And so you can, you can see it pulls like a freight train. So mm, Yeah. Like super a beast, dude. It. It's a beast. No surprise there. All right. One, well, one welcome to the team, the man. Night sun with that motor in it. Yeah. Yep. So right super. On. Super happy. Well, happy to have you aboard, man. That's great. Thank welcome you. To the Thank team. you. Thanks for the warm welcome. All right. Well, that's it uh, for the news this week. All right. Main topic this week. We're going to talk about all things Urcha. Urcha so, yeah. And in a second, we're going to get into, well, actually, I should say in a few minutes, we're going to get into it with uh, Devin and uh, McToon and hear all about their time at Urcha. Uh, but for all that, I had an opportunity to sit down with Brian Birdsong earlier uh, this week and chat about Nats and World. So Brian competed in. Uh, the expert class uh, at Nats in the sort of F3C style competition, as well as the sports scale competition, and was the assistant team manager to the US F3N and F3C teams at World. So I had kind of a unique perspective of both events. Um, so we're going to cut away and listen to uh, that conversation right now. And then uh, when we come back, we'll hear a little bit from uh, Devin and McToon about their experience at the rest of Virgia uh, after those events. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, hear from Brian. RCHN to talk about Nats and Worlds. We are uh, have a chance to welcome back Brian Birdsong to the podcast. Welcome back, Brian. Hey, Nick. What's up, gang? How's everybody doing out there in the Hell Land? Right on, man. Thanks for uh, for coming back. Um, definitely want to want to pick your brain a little bit about the competition side. Uh, you know, in the episode, we're going to cover Urcha pretty well. But I wanted okay. to hit you up is since you you were there for how long and you showed up for starting with Nats, right? Yes, I was there for two long weeks. So wow. I uh, participated in the Nats competition, uh, flying the expert class of F3C. And I was also the assistant team manager for Team USA for World. So pretty eventful couple of weeks there. Um, had a blast. Um, Lots of great experiences gained and, and just cool memories made with these guys, man. So, yeah, it was absolutely fun. That's cool, man. And you also did sports scale, is that right? I did sports scale as well. So this is my first time. So so you and I did our, um, you know, our, our first scale unboxing and, and build videos for the scale fuselages that we sell out of Hel Heli Direct. Um, and, uh, yeah, I said, well, I'm going to give it a shot. I was kind of encouraged by, um, a couple of scale pilots to participate. 
So I said, you know, what the hell, let's do it. So I did it. <laughs> and I wound up That's catching awesome. second place in it. <laughs> That's wild. I, I definitely want to pick yeah. your brain on that in, in a minute, but let's go kind of kind of in okay. order. I want to start with F3C in the expert class. So yeah. you competed last year in Sportsman in the same same sort of uh, con- competition, yeah? Yes. Yes. Did Sportsman last year. Um, that was, uh, you know, the beginning of, of my precision flying. Again, you know, kind of uh, you know, make a, the long story super short, you know, kind of encouraged and inspired by um, Gina Tucker there to to do that. And kind of the um, pre-Nats phase, a couple of competitions there and went to Nats um, to fly the sportsman class and won first place. So, yeah, it was um, a lot of fun. Um, coming back this year uh, was, was a big upgrade to me. But for sportsmen, yeah, I would say this year, it was great, man. We had eight sportsman competitors this year, which was phenomenal compared awesome. to the four we did when I was there. Yeah, yeah. So that was what, really uh, good to see. What do you think drove the increase in uh, in competitors? <laughs> well, you know, I, I hate to toot my own horn, but toot toot. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I had a couple of the fellows, you know, a few of the fellows told me they were really inspired by watching my progress, um, you know, watching some of my videos I posted, kind of my progression videos, and even the blog that I wrote um, about how I got started with uh, Precision Flying, and it motivated them and inspired them to come out and give it a shot. So I was really uh, excited to see these individuals. I give them a shout out. I believe it was uh, Michael Graves was his name. I think Doug Lika was his name. Oh, you got to forgive me for the third guy. I know Chris was out there. I've seen Chris before, Chris Gooden. Um, Shout out to all of them. Chris Gooden, Douglas Trent, uh, Michael Graves, uh, Charles Crispo, uh, Daniel Lucente. He was was there last year. Doug Lika again, Mike Foran. And and Joseph, Joseph Jensky was out there as well. So, yeah, that's my other guy, Joseph. <laughs> These guys were amazing. Amazing. I had a blast with them. Um, they flew very well um, and said they will be back to compete some more. So it was it was really good to see. Them. That's awesome. It's great to see new folks getting interested in, in competing. Uh, yes. What was uh, what was your experience like in expert this year? You know, moving from sportsman to the next uh next level up was it a lot harder to learn the sort of uh maneuvers and the schedules or how did it feel i tell you what i mean you know so the progression path really is from sportsman to advance to expert and then up to the fai class um and i skipped over advance and went straight to expert and it was very challenging um i didn't put i don't think i put in the amount of practice time like I did when I was uh, practicing for sportsmen um, with an expert. Um, but I mean, I put in enough time to learn all the maneuvers. I just wasn't as super sharp as I you know, felt like I could have been like I did with uh, sportsmen. So I placed third this year, but it was, it was fine. I mean, it was a, a great learning experience. Um, I know what to do going forward, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, was, it was very challenging. Very fulfilling, though. A um, couple of those maneuvers, they got me a little bit, but uh, but it comes with the territory, and I'm just going to 
you know, get the field practicing again, just make them, uh, you know, perfect. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You're still able to place, even though you jumped a whole, you know, level. That's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so an F3C expert, uh, what did you find the most challenging thing to step up to from sportsmen? Like what was the hardest maneuver to sort of work your way through? So I don't do any, any kind of, uh, inverted flying just leisurely or whatever. Right. I, you know, you can, I, I can do some forward motion flight inverted, but you know, hovering and, and all of that stuff. I just never really perfected learning to fly inverted. Well, there's one maneuver called the UX, and you basically kind of draw the shape of a UNX where you're doing some rolls, you go inverted, you do a couple of push flips while you're inverted. And, and it's a little confusing and kind of difficult to master. So that one took me some time to, to really learn, and um, I kind of struggled with it a bit. And then uh, expert also includes this 180 degree auto rotation. And so when you have to picture this kind of flying across the sky, it's you know, pretty high. And you cut your motor um, after you cross kind of the center line of where you're standing. And you want to kind of do this half circle rotation, which is 180 degrees of the direction of where the nose is facing. All the way down and try to land right in front of you in the middle of the circle. So that was a really challenging one for me as well. Um, I don't think I, I hit the circle one time. As much as I practiced that maneuver at, the, at my local field here, um, and I would hit, I would say, uh, maybe 30% of the time, I just could not find that circle for that. So it was, that was a challenging one, and the UX maneuver was a challenging one. So I'm going to hit the, like I said, hit the practice field again and just uh, perfect those for sure. Yeah, those autos are impressive to me, you know, in a, a heavier bird with a full fuselage. I don't know, yeah. just committing to, I mean, I struggle to get it in a circle with a 3D helicopter that is, yeah. is much less of an investment in terms of, you know, you're not looking at a full fuse breaking or any of that. So um, it's impressive <laughs> to watch. Oh, yeah. I've, I've I, had a few mishaps, you know, with that auto rotation too. I've, you know, so the one fuselage I had on my Quest Bird, I cracked it. Um, I've, uh, you know, had some banged up, uh, damage on my, my tail fin with my Genesis. So it's, you got to practice, you know, you, you know, auto rotations are, uh, you know, everyone's really you know, kind of afraid to do them, only want to do them when they need to do it. Um, uh, but just, just purposely practicing auto rotation is just like one of those, holy cow, you kind of hold your breath from the time you hit that hold button all the way till you get to the ground. <laughs> it's intense i mean spot landing an auto is hard enough to try and keep a consistent angle and land in a small circle and there's a small circle it's not big uh absolutely but on top of that to add a 180 degree turn while not under power you know you're in the auto rotation at that point is impressive (laughs) that's a that's an art Uh, i feel like i would i don't know get the bank angle wrong dump all the energy out of the rotor disc and and panic Uh, so good on you for learning that man that does not look easy at all yeah yeah uh so that's awesome so good experience in f3c expert how did you find the judges moving up and kind of getting into more demanding were they were they helpful are they giving you good feedback after every round yeah um again some of the same world-class judges um that that participate in a lot of the the local competitions um are are there at the nats as well and Again, these guys give you great feedback, um, let you know um, what to correct, 
you know, so those are things you can think about when you get to the next round. Um, but again, very helpful, not only just from the judges, but even when you step away, um, you got the, you know, some of your either competitors on the side giving you feedback on, on your routine. So, um, again, just a strong community of folks that, that help out with, uh, you know, making sure or, or trying to really progress this competition line to everyone. So cool thing, uh, cool, cool, you know, kudos from the judges and all the participants. Absolutely. That's awesome. Were, uh, were any of the FAI guys there a little early giving you any pointers or did they show up a little later? No, everyone pretty much competes uh, at the same time. So you'll, you'll have a round of sportsmen, a round of expert, and then a round of FAI um, until they get to their final rounds. And, you know, everyone else is pretty much done at that point. But um, there were, let me see. So I said it was eight sportsmen. There were three expert competitors. And then finally about four or five FAI. I think it was four FAI guys competing this year. So the rounds went pretty quick. Um, we, we definitely want to see more numbers out there to compete. But uh, it, it was it was good to be able to get a lot of rounds of, of flying in. Um, uh, between each one of the classes. Oh, and the scale guys, too. I mean, we, we were able to squeeze in a couple of scale rounds in there, too. I mean, it was only like four scale competitors, too. So the count was a little low this year, but I, I think it's, you know, it's going to pick up again. I think a lot of people are still recovering from COVID um, and just trying to, you know, build up their, their models, their, um, I was going to say library, I'm thinking about software, but you know, the number of models that they have, everyone's still working on them and getting them ready for next year. So I'm, I'm anticipating and expecting next year to just be huge. A lot more. That'll be awesome, year. man. I know certainly on the scale side. So we had John Ellis on the podcast uh, last week um, to talk about scale helicopters. And he's working on a project for Nats for next year that he's documenting yeah. with tons of videos on his Facebook group, trying to encourage others to, yes. you know, see what kind of time and skill level is, is needed to win at Nats, um, which is great. But he's also, you know, advocating guys to enter sports scale. And he actually spoke highly of you as well. Uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit. So sports scale, I mean, John talked about it briefly, but from what I understand, it's a competition based less on the scale appearance of the model, although it still needs to be a scale-ish model. Uh, sure you know, less about, you know, documentation in terms of photos and, and you know, matching mm -hmm. every last detail and more about scale flying. Uh, was that your experience? Like, tell us a little bit about what that competition involves. Yeah. So, so the scale sport category, um, I think they all get judged the same. So there's a static section of the judging, which is the detailing of your bird. Um, you know, the, 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 the one-to-one -one details of the, um, the, the, of the model, painting, cockpits, uh, pilots, if you put pilots in there, rivets, all of that good stuff. That's all part of the scale um, static section, they call it. And then there's the flying section. Um, and so each section accounts for 50% of the total score that you can have. Um, they are a little lenient, a little less lenient, rather, on... on um, the, the sports scale versus what they call the 518 scale glass. Um, so, so I didn't have to have like the, the detail book. I mean, these guys bring out books of pictures of the real model 
um, to show this is what my scale model looks like. Um, and it has you know tons of pictures, lots of descriptions. Um, these uh, uh, what do they call this? This this three directional view of your bird where you have to like take your pencil and draw on details, et cetera, et cetera, things like that. But um, but yeah, I mean you know the birds we put together. I mean they're 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 perfect sports scale uh, fuselages, mechanics in there. You know they you can see them through the window. So no cockpit, but the bird presented itself very well. And, you know, me having kind of a good, um, solid foundation in this precision flying, um, you know, the hovering was great. Um, there's a, a few hover routines or maneuvers rather that you have to do. And then, of course, there's some um, some flying routines you can do um, from a book. So you get a choice of, I don't know, I, I got to see the full flight book, but there were like 20 different maneuvers you can pick, um, you know, a minimum of five uh, of those maneuvers to do and go and fly. And so, you know, again, I got this MD-500E. It's kind of like the sports car of those helicopters, and I flew the hell out of it. So a lot of fun. The judges, I got a lot of good feedback on flying that bird. So I, I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, John was telling me, actually, there are some competitors in scale that actually end their routine with an auto rotation. So, you know, giant, <laughs> gajillion hour scale helicopter build worth thousands of dollars, and they'll end their routine with an auto rotation, which I was blown away by. I'm like, wow, Man, I, amazing. Nick, I was, I was one minute away from just deciding to do it. Um, <laughs> but I said, you know, I've never done it with this bird. I'm not going to put this thing in the ground and just tear it up so i was like oh, i'll do it next time so that's one thing i do want to practice here at our local field is i want to auto rotate this thing just to see uh how fast it come down you know how you know how stern the, the the landing gear is or how brutal it is depending on how i land that thing so i'm gonna do that because yeah it's only one guy tim DePrayer. he's the only one that will will auto rotate his his um i think it's a jet ranger is what he has and and uh I, I've seen it and it falls out the sky like an anvil. <laughs> he, he the, I swear it does. But he applies nice positive pitch at the bottom and it just cushions that thing right on down to the ground. It looks really cool. So I'm going to give it wow. a shot as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John seemed to indicate uh, he thought it was easier because they're heavier birds, big blades, uh, usually larger yeah. models. But uh, I don't it know. Might be I, right. that would yeah. terrify, terrify me personally. Um, Although yours is a torque tube, at least, so it should, it should auto pretty good. This should be okay. Yeah, yeah. And John, I tell you, man, John Ellis is, is just a great guy. Um, just watching him go through his project on um, the Facebook group has been just incredible to watch. And, um, you know, all the detail he's put. And he's gone so quick with this thing. I mean, it's a beautiful bird. Like, he's just restoring this thing. I mean, from the ground up, and I've seen pictures of the paint now and the rivets, and now he's dropping mechanics in that thing. Um, and he's such a great supporter in the group, too. He lends support to everyone. There's not a question that doesn't go unanswered with John's name attached to it. So he, he's a really cool dude. I can't wait to meet him. I think I'm going to go down to the, uh, the Southern Scale Classic here in, in uh, South Georgia and meet him. So that's going to be cool to meet him. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I was looking at that the other day. It's 
I have to day trip it if I do it, and it's further away than I thought from Atlanta. It's a good four-hour yeah. haul or something. I was like, how do you have a four-hour drive and still be in Georgia? I don't really understand yeah. how, that, how that's a thing. <laughs> We're not a very big state, but apparently yeah. it's a thing. Uh, well, that's cool, man. And I'm sure the scale community at Nats was much like the uh, F3C community as well. Super supportive. Happy to see new people interested. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Welcome with open arms, man. Welcome with open arms. So um, definitely looking forward to I think I'm going to take my my current sport bird and I'm going to, you know, make it a little bit more sporty or a little bit more closer to, you know, the, the, the real MD 500. I'll put a five bladed head on it, you know, kind of uh, put the tail box on the other side. I think I'm going to drop the mechanics down to like a 600 size so I can try and fit a, um, a cockpit in there. So I'm going to I'm going to play with this thing over the next year and, and next Nats, I'm going to, you know, take it back and it's going to look uh, uh, hopefully I get more points in the static um, phase of the judging and, and then uh, go and fly it again for them. So looking forward to doing that. Nice. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I We'll see what my schedule's like next year, but if I get this Coast Guard bird done, which I, I plan to by sometime midwinter, hopefully, um, I am taking my sweet time with this thing. When it came to painting those blades, I did not realize how much I'd bitten off. That's taking days and days and days and days, and I'm still dude, doing touch-ups, and I don't want to clear coat it until it's as good as I can get it, which is not great, yeah. but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's looking anyway. amazing, man. I'm loving the progress of that thing, too. It's looking really good, yeah. Yeah, for the record, Brian and I got our fuselages at the same time, and he's already competed in Nats with his, and mine's still in progress. <laughs> you won that contest, too. Uh, I'm getting there, slowly. Anyway, I want to talk about uh, Worlds now, because you had a uh, unique privilege perspective uh, at Worlds, because you were asked to be, was it the assistant uh, US team manager? Is that right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And so, so Tom Dooley, who was the team manager, um, uh, pulled me to the side at, at one of the events and asked if I would help him manage the team. Um, and I was absolutely, Tom, he said, basically, you know, we're going to have two teams this year competing. We'll have a team in the F3C um, side of things and the F3N side of things. So he's like, you know, I'm one person. I can't be at two places at one time. So I would love to have you help, you know, manage you know, juggling between uh, both of those disciplines. So I said, absolutely, Tom. So that's what we kind of did. So, you know, when, when Tom was, or, or when the times didn't overlap, we were able to um, stand with the teams on one side or the other. Um, but, you know, when, when the times overlapped, then I would take one discipline and he would take the other. So that's kind of how we, we split those, those management duties um, when the guys were competing. And then when they weren't competing, it was, oh, let's go to the practice field. And so we were, you know, trying to give the guys tips on, uh, you know, their hover or their, their flight maneuvers, the um, aerobatics, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was fun. I mean, that was, it was really being a manager to the guys and, and helping them uh, get through these routine, get through those, you know, what was it, six or seven days that we had to compete for world. So. That was was definitely a, a, a great experience. I would love to do that again. So, absolutely. What uh, like what kind of responsibilities did you have? Like, what was your day to day things you were responsible for? Yeah, so you know the day started at um, eight o'clock every day, 
And so um, normally the F3C guys would start before F3N. Um, so we would all meet up at the F3C field, um, you know, made sure everyone had their birds lined up. Uh, we had the orders written out for them. It was 19 competitors. And um, every day they would do a random drawing of who of the flight order, right? And so one of the things we wanted to do, instead of them having to hunt for their names to nine people, we would shorten that list and only put the USA guys in kind of a, this team chat that we had going on there through the phones. So everyone knew exactly when they were to fly. So I would make sure the guys were there 15 minutes before they would fly to get lined up, um, things like that. And then watch them fly. And, um, and as they received their scores, you know, we would look at the scores and make sure they didn't want to contest anything or protest anything rather to make sure everything was looking fair. So that was, that was basically it, you know, ripping and running, getting lunch or, or, you know, meeting up for team dinner, um, attending, um, uh, kind of, uh, manager meetings in the evening after, you know, the, the, the participants were done for the day, you know, that's. That was typical day. That's awesome, man. Was it uh, interesting to sort of be able to, you know, obviously you're managing, but also spectating, uh, especially on the F3C side for you. What was that like to see that top level of competitor? Um, it, it was uh, an eye-opening experience um, to see some of these guys from around the world compete um the the various birds that they flew um you know the models fuselages the color schemes um all the way down to their uniforms i mean it, it was really exciting um and the styles of flying um you know we for instance we tend to you know the two head speeds so we use you know this slow maybe 1350 to 1400 rpms for hover and then maybe 1800 to 1900 for aerobatics. Well, some of the guys, like the Swiss team, are lower head speed than that. I mean, they may hover at like 1200 and they may fly their birds in aerobatic mode at like 16 to 1700. It was really quiet. So wow. just, yeah, seeing those differences was, was like, whoa, that was really cool. So <laughs> I thought to myself, too, man, I want to try some really low head speeds like that and see, you know, how that feels. But it, it just felt like, because the head speed was so low in aerobatics, like, man, is he going to be able to climb or do that loop or do that particular roll? And they did it just like someone with 1900 head speed was doing it. So I was like, pretty amazed at that. Pretty amazed at that. So yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. Was there any equipment, you know, helicopter wise, were you, were you drooling over anything or were you feeling like, oh man, I got to get one of those for next year? <laughs> um, I tell you what, the, the, the model, the RVE model, um was was hot and heavy out there it was there were a lot of those um you know big ups to to sab genesis i saw a few genesis being flown as well um uh, quest birds pro drone like the typical f3c birds that you see if you follow these guys on facebook from around the world they brought all those machines out so um, but one cool thing was to see the new um genesis that Enya was flying from switzerland and um, that thing is, has a completely different transmission now from the typical yeah. SAP transmissions. And it was super quiet. You could barely hear that thing. 
when the typical Genesis, the one now, is like one of the, the loudest birds out there. This one was one of the most quietest birds out there. So really impressed with that one. I can't wait till it comes out. Yeah, that's supposed to have uh, improved auto uh, auto rotation performance as well. Less drag in the drivetrain. So I'm uh, yeah, interested absolutely. To, to hear how that goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So on the 3D side of things, uh, obviously you got to watch Nick and Jamie and Cade fly, uh, as well as Kenny Ko and, and you know everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your perspective on that one? Like how how close were Nick and Jamie in in skill to Kenny Ko? I mean, obviously Kenny dominated like every single round. Did it feel like they were hot on his heels and Kenny was just like performing at the top of his game, or is there a gap between first, second, and third there? You know, it, it's interesting you said it too because so I'm I'm no hardcore 3D pilot, you know. I, I but but watching them do the F3 in competition and you know what they have to do, so they have to do a, a set routine or a freestyle routine, and then the music routine. Watching them do the set routine was was awesome. It was real 3D precision flying, so very technical. And so there are maneuvers that you do off the center line and you have to be balanced on the left side, the right side, forward and back. And you can see that, right? You can see where, oh, that looked like that fell a little short or that side was a little bit too long. And that's how you know how the judges knew to judge about, you know, give the the, the right points because it wasn't as symmetrical as it should have been. So no matter what the routine was, you knew what they had to do because it was very symmetrical. It was, you know, the, 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 what was it called? The, uh, uh, the reverse rolling globe. I mean, you should have saw this thing, Nick. It was incredible. Jesus. You know, they're rolling backwards and they're, they're doing this globe at the same time. So it's like you have six wow. you know, circles of the globe that you have to create while you're rolling backwards doing this thing. Um, amazing stuff. These guys are very, very talented at what they can do. And, and um, just watching that was, you know, opened my eyes up to a whole nother world of, of RC helicopters. So that was really cool. Yeah, that stuff just makes my brain hurt. Just trying to imagine what the stick movements would be, let alone even attempting such a thing. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's wild. Uh, did you feel like Kenny was flying, uh, you know, better than everyone else? Could you notice that watching him fly? You could. I mean, again, super technical guy. Um, I think he got really high scores in his set maneuver. Um, you know, freestyle for me was just freestyle, right? I mean, who who could, you know, flip and roll and 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 invert and reverse and you know, blah blah blah, all that stuff um, in their freestyle. But what really got me was the music round. Holy cow! The music round was incredible. These guys make their helicopters dance to the beat of every song that was played in their, in their routine and to just watch the sharpness of it hitting those beats, just do, do, do. And it's just flipping and rolling and turning. That was amazing. And that's, that's where I think Kenny stood out above those guys. He has some really cool sound effects in there. And when this, you know, when the sound effect came out, his bird would move to the sound effect and it would look like the birds making that noise. And it was like, Holy cow. That was really sharp. <laughs> So awesome. yeah, I mean he was he was sharp, man. He was he was on his A game for sure. Nick and Jamie right behind him, same thing. I mean, I, I love the music round. Nick's music round was incredible as well. His, his, his bird just dancing to the beat. You know, he plays that uh, Frank the 
uh, what, did, what, what, what was it? Sinatra song that comes on out there. And his bird is just nice and elegant and it's looking really cool. I love that routine. Jamie as well. I mean, <laughs> very talented guys, man. Very, very talented pilots. I mean, just it was incredible. Yeah. I love when those guys mix genres of music when it goes from like, you know, a, a fast paced hip hop tune with a beat the helicopter's yeah. dancing to to like a Frank Sinatra track and all of a sudden there's oh, like yeah. a slow, graceful inverted hurricane or whatever. Um yes. and then it snaps yeah. back into something else. It's cool. It's cool to watch. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh so I don't want to keep you too long, Brian, but what was your favorite highlight of Nat's and then same question for Worlds? Like if you could pick one sort of standout memory from each. I'm going to put you on the spot here. What would they be? Let's start so with So for Nat, um, so Danny Wang from China competed with us in Nats for FAI. And he had a style of flying FAI, like, really big. You talk about big air. This guy flew big air. as a wonder that his battery could make it through the entire routine. But it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really incredible to watch how big a routine he did. So that was that was probably one of my most memorable moments from from Nat, and then from Worlds, um, watching uh, Hiroko Ito. Oh, my goodness, this guy <laughs> flew like he was a robot. I mean, his his bird was was just you know very drone like. You know, you can just sit a drone right there. It doesn't matter if the wind's blowing it or whatever. It just sits there. That's what his helicopter did. And his aerobatics were incredible. His hover routines were incredible. I see why the guy is number one in the world. So he, to, to see him live, I got a nice picture with him shaking his hand. And I was, you know, I was all giddy, like a little, <laughs> like a little fan girl. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Edo, it's Edo. But, uh, but no, watching him compete, man, was, was really cool. So, yeah, can't wait to see that again. Pretty cool. I'm laughing when you say that, but I would be the exact same way. Just total fanboy <laughs> over some of these folks getting to watch them fly and hang out with them. I mean, yeah. th- I mean, that's a great opportunity as team manager to get to spend time with these top class pilots. Uh, has yes. been pretty damn fun. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and, and you, you know guys, what? what you actually, really cool, you know what, what? One of the things that were really cool too. A lot of these guys come up to me like, "Hey, Brian Birdsong, you know." I've, never seen these guys before in my life and it was just so humbling and just what a great feeling to just have these guys come up introduce themselves they know me and i don't know them but now i know them and i'm like holy cow these people know me around the world so that was a great feeling as well man i i love this community i love this hobby i can't wait to meet all these people again cannot wait it it is amazing that like the number one guys in our sport know everybody in the community because we have such a small computer. I mean, not everybody, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's a small world yeah. that we live in. So yeah. guys like Nick yeah. Maxwell uh, and Jamie Robertson, like they're all accessible. You can message them yes. or whatever and, or, or yes. You know, yes. communicate with and them at fun flies and whatnot. They're not unapproachable or whatever, which is great. I love that about our community. Absolutely. It's awesome. Absolutely. Nick and Jamie, both men are stellar guys, man. I mean, Nick taught me so much as well. He, he's, uh, you know, to show me things in the, in the radio, um, setup of your mechanics. I mean, just one-on-one sitting there talking to Nick Maxwell. It's like, what? I got this good access with Nick Maxwell, man. It's crazy. So, yeah, these guys That's are cool. awesome. That's Very awesome. Cool. I was psyched for you, man. I'm, uh, and we're proud of you, too. And did I hear you got to walk away with a medal as well? Yes. So, um, USA won first place in the team um, uh, level for F3N. 
And uh, the team manager got to go up on the stage with them and receive a medal. So they, they called me up on the stage, Brian, come up here. And I was like, oh, my God. I want to cry, but I was like, no, I better not cry because, you know, I don't want to be the only fool out here crying. But no, it was, it was, <laughs> it was such a great honor. <laughs> Yes. I was impressed, you know, I mean I, I we're a small community. I was impressed they actually had the little step stool where like everyone's at different heights and they had flags yes. and they were playing yes. anthems and everything. That's great. Yeah. It was it was the Olympics of RC helicopter flying. It was. Yeah. I mean you guys had an opening <laughs> ceremonies, you did a closing dinner. Like that's great that uh, they gave it, you know, a lot of weight and respect. Uh which absolutely. I think is awesome. Absolutely. Great for the hobby. Well, Brian, thanks so much for dropping in, man. I appreciate hearing your perspective and, and a few tales of competing. I didn't want to do an Urcha episode without kind of touching on the competition side of things as well. So, so thanks for coming in and giving us that perspective. Cool. Thank you, Nick. And thank you, everyone out there. Happy flying to you. And please come out and compete with us. Please come out and compete with us. Come learn some F3C. Let's go. Yeah, man. If there's anything that we've tried to push here in RCHN, it's that competition is accessible for everyone. There's something for everyone at any level. So definitely, if that interests you, give it a try. Yes, yes, yes. And big things that come about competition over the year, too. So you'll see more competitions that are accessible to you in your local field, your local club. So keep your eyes open for that over on Facebook. honestly i don't know i was very intrigued at it's cool to have someone that's an outside what's the word observer on everything going on at worlds and gets to see the competitors uh the stress they're going through the way their personalities change when they're competing you know the very different styles of jamie versus nick maxwell versus you know Cade and some of the other players involved um and just how damn good the japanese f3c team is so uh it was cool to hear about all that stuff all right enough about that though Let's uh, let's chat Urcha. So, McToon, I think you were the first out of the gang to arrive. Is that right? Oh, yeah. We got there Thursday. No. Saturday. Saturday morning. Nice. There, believe it or not, there was a lot of people there. Really? I was very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so, what nice. was going on on Saturday? Was World still? The Worlds went till what? Monday? Tuesday? Yeah, I think um, I think it ended Tuesday. Tuesday was the finals. Yeah, I think so. It was good. I didn't go over and watch all of it. Watched a few of it. I was did a lot of flying between Saturday and Tuesday, and then uh, kind of got little bits and pieces of it, and heard who was from what placing, and I said, okay, let's go watch this one. Let's you know, hang out. It was really good. Like, how far apart are the flight lines? Like, for those of us like me who've never been, like, the main sort of Urcha flight line is how far from, like, wanting to go over and check out Worlds? About a mile. Oh, wow. That far? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty far. You can't uh, see it. So you got to jump in your car or jump on your golf cart or walk a really long way. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a long-ass walk getting your steps in. Holy shit. Yeah. You can't even go through the grass because the grass is, like, a foot tall. Yeah, so you gotta take the path. Yeah, it's all paved around it. I know. But it's good. Um, you can see just the... a tiny little bit of the one field. The, um, where did they have? They had the F3C and F3N 
at the far field and you can't see any of that. Not from the main flight yeah. line anyway. So Yeah. Um Well that's cool. So did you feel like it was best to sort of fly early on and then later in the week it was more about watching other people fly or did you manage to fly through the whole thing? I actually flew hard through Thursday morning and then it was working on helis. So it was just constant. This one not working, this one not running. Just one after the other. <laughs> it was good. Are people bringing you mostly nitros? Um, a mix. A mix of tail issues, tuning issues, um, parts. Hey, you got this part? You got that part? Um, just a whole mixed bag. Right on. So, Devin, what time did, what day did, uh, did you get there on site? Um, I was there Thursday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday night I got there, yeah, Wednesday night. Right on. Um, what were your impressions when you got there? Uh, it was dark. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so they do this thing called a podcast where we Did all you talk guys about really what we saw him? and who was there. And, you know, you remember this? <laughs> I, I am telling you what I saw. It was dark. <laughs> it, was, um, it was dark. Okay. No, um, I spent most of Wednesday night um, going around and saying hello to most of, most of my West Coast friends. I mean, of course, like, I, I had to go. I, I first thing I had to do is I went and saw Ben Stork, Donnie Pesci, because I consider them really good friends, really close with them. So found them. And then a lot of people, though, on Wednesday were still going home pretty early. So when I rolled up, there were a lot of people that had gone back to the hotel. So I didn't get to see them till Thursday morning. But yeah. it, was a, it was a good time. I just got there, hung out, and went to bed. Honestly, got to bed early because I knew Thursday, Friday, and Saturday were all going to be late nights. So, make up for it. So, McToon, early in the week, anything notable kind of before things really kicked into gear on Wednesday and Thursday? It rained a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it rained really yeah. hard. <laughs> oh, that's no fun, huh? Yeah, I think the whole tough. weekend wasn't like that. Shit. It rained, I think, Three times, yeah, three times Saturday, Monday, and Wednesday, and each time it was really hard. It was coming down cats and dogs. Uh, that was, it was short, it was short rain, like maybe an hour long. Then it got pretty nice afterwards. Oh, that's not bad. No, it wasn't terrible. It just, it was just enough to make it like have to pull everything in and cover it up, um, and then take it all back out again. So, Thursday, things kicked into high gear. Were you guys sort of like manning the oxy booth? Were you free to float around? Did you guys do any power hours that you had to fly in for anybody? Devin, you did uh, KST, right? Two, pa two power hours? Ego. Ego drifting, KST. We had people in the booth pretty much all week, and then we would kind of swoop in and swoop out and just talking to everybody. everybody just too many people to even think about you know it's like everybody's it was it was a good time any uh any new equipment you guys caught your eye you know i know hobby wing had their new asc uh a couple new helicopters there anything uh interest you i got to tune kenny Coe's 550 nitro what yeah how did that they come to get, be huh? nice. they couldn't get it running that's right i heard they were <laughs> 
building those on site like some kits essentially just showed up at urcha with some that was mostly parts after and... nick crashed it <laughs> oh <laughs> i did hear about that <laughs> yeah. i already had yeah. a fantastic flight off to the side and then under the lights stuffed it in the first you know whatever but um, it was a good flight it was a good flight it was just he was flying it hard low and just got too low that's all yeah nice little heli yeah look good yeah, it looks good. I like it. Nice. I like it. Kenny's had a the... stuff regulator and a bad plug. And then we did a little bit That's of tuning, and off he went. It was cool. But uh, what's it like to watch Kenny fly? Stood right next to him and told him how to fly it so I could tell whether the tune was on or not. He did exactly that. Took five minutes, tuned it, and he was like, perfect. So he went and flew it. Was very what's cool. it like watching him fly though? What's his what's his flight style? Like what's it like to be next to? I've only ever seen him in videos. He's really precise. You watch his fingers and it's just like I mean there's no no questioning where that stick should be. And then when he does it all behind his back, it's even better. <laughs> yeah, that's some wild action. Those guys are like robots with their hands. Yes. I don't know how they do it. So put the gimbal and all, all, you know, either the X or Y axis, they just drop it right at exactly just the amount of, you know, aileron or elevator they need to get that done just for the right amount of milliseconds and just right to the next spot. And I've tried to follow that, dude, but I can't do it. I just, yeah, there's no room watch. for error, none yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. So if that motor just burps a little bit or he's off by a little bit, it's in the dirt. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. It's to the edge. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched Kevin fly and get lower and lower and lower, and I was like, damn. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to Night of the Midnight Sun, because damn, those tail blades were in the grass. That was nuts. Oh, yeah. Um, Too many times I was like, oh, 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 oh. (laughs) That's a free helicopter at this point, honestly, after that flight. (laughs) I was a free helicopter about four times over the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) It was really good. Really good. That's awesome. Did, I uh, even told them you... to take the uh, HF, and I was like, just bury it. Scott Graham it. Don't worry about it. There you oh. go. <laughs> put it, put He's it under the ground. Yeah. yeah. And he wouldn't do it. Good for you, Devin. Yeah. Oh, I did crash. He did crash it. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, tell us more. You can't just say, oh, he crashed it without telling us what happened. I crashed it. There's a video of it. There's a but video for of those it. of us that aren't aren't seeing it right now, tell us what happened. Tell us how yes. it went down. Well, so they did this noontime competition at Urcha on Saturday, I think it was. Friday, Saturday. Is this the, One the of those get off station? Uh, no, it was they did a competition for lowest tail slide, lowest pyro flip, and craziest maneuver. Yeah, that was the, the go off. Yeah, and I just made the decision instead of doing the lowest tail slide, the lowest, the craziest maneuver, and the lowest pure flip to just as low as possible the entire time. And yeah, I just buried it. (laughs) Yeah, just got (laughs) just a teach bit too low. Yeah, yeah, I just I I so my HF I have I just fly it until I hear the RPM starting to die down because the batteries are dead that's just my how i fly it so 
And at 3,000 RPM, it happens pretty quick. It's like two no. minutes and the batteries yeah. are done. Yeah. Right. Are there like tears on the side of the battery? Uh, I, uh, yeah, they, they, get pretty, they get pretty warm. And um, I got like halfway through the flight and I went to do something that requires a lot of pitch and the head speed to just pull it through it. And it just kept going. And I'm like, oh, it's done. Mm, yeah. So. But it was, everyone really seemed to enjoy the flight, so it was worth it. Was uh, was there a lot of night flying? Yeah, there actually yeah. was a lot of night flying this year. A lot of night flying. Dude, they flew airplanes at night. What's with that at Urchin? What? Yep. What's up with that? Oh, no. yep. There's no. always that one guy that brings a radio. No, the no, flight. no. We can't give that who that was any shit at all. Ethan? That's true. He's a really Ethan, good pilot. We can't give Ethan any. Oh. No, Ethan doesn't yeah. deserve that. No. Ethan's an insane no. pilot. And Horizon gives some sponsorship dollars to the event, so it's all good. No, it was very cool. Did you guys see the uh, remote control motorcycle, though, that jumped over the flying helicopters? Uh, oh, what? I know no. of the motorcycle, but I didn't see oh, that did video. Scott just no. up? <laughs> it's like, ooh. Scott's putting on his Evil Knievel jumpsuit as we speak. Exactly. No, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't think it's cool. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, so was well, it one of those like cleared, little... it by, it cleared by a lot no i just don't like the motorcycle thing i don't know there's it, it hit the car market like first people were talking about it mixed yeah, feelings yeah. i don't know man I, I had an rc bike when i was a kid i was not a fan unless this thing blows everything else out of the water yeah, i don't does. know i think it's a novelty like it'll be fun but i don't think they're gonna have like racing serious racing like eight scale or ten scale stuff with those i don't know no but it is a lot of fun to to be doing 40 miles an hour and just pull the front wheel up. I was like, woohoo. That's pretty badass, though. And so those things have like the gyro in them, so they stay standing up. So somebody took that and jumped over a heli that was like hovering or landed or hovering about a foot off the ground. Yeah. Jumped over it. That's like mini evil, can evil shit for sure, dude. That's kind of neat. And he cleared it by so. (laughs) Like more than he expected. Oh my God. Oh, it was nowhere near it. Yeah. Just. Just to be safe. We were all like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. It's going to go through the rotor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's just uh, one too many beans on that throttle there. Oh, it's fast. Really fast. It's funny in those situations when you root for the crash. <laughs> I didn't really want to see a crash, but, you know, what's the sense in a successful, successful jump? Yeah, that's that's exactly. when you decide you got to do it again, and then you can have the crash because you already did it once, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold, hold yeah. my beer twice. Yeah, <laughs> and if it just it gets destroyed, it's just a toy. It's all good. Um. So did they do fun. like rib, did they do like ribbon cuts or like drop the jug or any of those weird ass ones or like drag racing or any of that kind of stuff? They did they drag race? Yeah, they did drag. Yeah, race. there was a drag race. They did something with like picking up a water jug or something like that and moving it. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. And then um, the, the, most of the time it was just open fun fly. You know, having a good time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah there was an so. auto contest. There was a speed oh. cup. Um, yeah. yep. there was, I don't know whether speed. there was one. I guess they announced one. Um, Somebody yeah. flew a speed heli and they said it was 278 miles an hour. Yeah. I think, I was, uh, <laughs> why can I suddenly not remember his name? Awesome dude from Puerto Rico. 
Help me out with his name here. Blanton Rivera. Yeah, he went like 295 miles an hour on one run. His average speed was 270-something. That head speed was like, I'm like, I don't know how it's not coming apart. It was so high. sound must be amazing. How fast? Oh, my God. 295, I think it was. 295 miles an hour? Yeah. Yeah. But yet, when you have a jet... Hold on. But if you have a jet, jet. you can't go faster than 200 by the rules. Wow. Why the hell does it make sense to let a blend, blender go faster than a jet? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I, I feel like that's some loophole in rules where no one thought that uh, thing would go that fast. My jet does 199 wow. and does not go I mean, over 399 feet. Yeah, yeah. You, you <laughs> tuned it that way, right? You make tuned I it mean, up, so that, exactly. that's the limit. There are like a bunch of control situations at those speed things. They all wear in hard hats, not that that would save you, but like there's a bunch of different stuff they do. Um, it's not on those main helis wreck. There's nothing left. You can't t- you can't tell it was even a heli. Yeah, it's just a pile of like a shredded pile well, of pieces. Yeah. I'm more saying that maybe they need to do speed runs with jets because it sounds pretty fun. That yeah. would be fun. Yeah, put a little like, that. GPS speedometer in it. Um, yeah, like you know, take away the speed limit for speed runs. If helis can do 290 miles an hour, why can't I do? 470 with a jet for fun once or twice. Hell yeah, dude, that'd be cool as hell. I thought they had the wrong speed, but they said no. Um, That's what it was. But you know what? Do you know what the fastest model airplane is? It's a glider. Aircraft is. It's a glider. Dynamic soaring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like 500 or something. No resistance. Some insane speed. Um, and that thing is just like solid carbon in order to be able to pull off those G forces. But anyway, I digress. Hey, um, hey, didn't what's his name from uh, West Coast or West Hobbies RC? I forget the guy's yeah, first West. name now. Jeff West, that's right. He he placed as well, right? Uh, yeah, I think he placed he... third in the Speed Cup. Yeah. And I think he probably would have done better had he more time. So he put together yeah. a Comet as well, uh, but didn't have a lot of time to test fly it before the event. So I think he probably was being somewhat cautious um, to yeah. really give it his all because he just didn't have really any time on it before or by the time but he, he did this crazy modification that was interesting which is probably why he was also being cautious which he actually took a canard off another model um like a composite one and mounted yeah. it horizontally on the tail fin or the tail you know the tail box yeah. essentially giving him like a trim feature it was going to be a fixed attachment not servo controlled so that he right. could get the right attitude of the disc in the speed run and hold it, give a little more stability huh. uh, in pitch on the tail. And I was like, That's dude, you're going to try neat. that for the, like, I can't imagine trying that for the first time at 200 plus miles an hour. Um, but <laughs> it didn't explode. So he did okay. It's um, going to be exciting either way. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I'm curious how he'll do next year if he gets more time on that comet. Because um, he had like a, badass motor and battery setup in that thing. I it, was it 14 or 16 S? I don't know, but it was it was stupid. Like yeah, stupid dang. powerful. Um <laughs> in <laughs> nice. a good way. So uh not surprised Bland won it. He's taken it for the last I don't know how many years, but some amount of time. Um but uh yeah a few more competitors. I know Greg Ringle was in there as well. I heard he Shaggy. had some weird porpoising issues which he described as terrifying. Um <laughs> <laughs> when you're going that speed and the model starts going, you know, weird pitch stuff going on um i don't know yeah that's a long history by a big explosion yeah yeah i remember there's an early rchn episode when uh 
is it Justin that was in the speed? I think it was Justin. Uh, put one in at an event at uh, Winter Bash. Not Winter Bash. What was the Orlando event called um, before it was Winter Bash? Orlando OHB. Blowout. OHB. Yeah, that's OHB. Right. He put one in there, and yeah, he described it as just nothing left. <laughs> Remember that episode? <laughs> it was pretty wild. It's gone. <laughs> I mean, how can yeah. it not be, right? At 200-some miles an hour. That's insane. Oh, shit just falls apart and spreads everywhere. Not to mention your lipos must just instantly combust at that impact speed. Um, at those speeds, that head speed, those lipos can't more than last than 20 flights, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Speed maybe is just not. insanely expensive. The airframes are one-offs or low, you know, there's not a lot of them made, so they cost a fortune. The batteries cost a fortune. The motors and ESCs cost a fortune. Like, nothing is cheap. Yeah, I want to go have fun. I don't want to spend that much money. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be I'd be scared. <laughs> I you know I suffer from Dan's problem. I could never fly speed because I could just never see the thing at 200 miles an hour. It's a speck when you're turning it around, and yeah, my eyesight's not that good. The one thing that I noticed about them is that you can see the profile of it really well. It's like a giant fish going past you. You know, mm, yeah, yeah. You could really see it well, even on the upline. You know, they're going pretty high and then turning around and coming back down, and I could see it well. Yeah, they're quite a bit taller than they are wide, too, so there's that yeah. side-on profile that's it's kind of fat. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. I just want to see it in person, man. I want, to, I want to hear that sound as it goes tearing by. It's got to be awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a, a dentist drilling your tooth. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, yeah. You're going to laugh when you hear it, but that's what it sounds like. That's, that's that awesome. tail rotor just going, bang, just tearing through the air. Yep. <laughs> but, but since you say that, Right when we sign off, remind me I got to put the tooth fairy money under my son's pillow as soon as we finish recording. <laughs> How much is he getting? Uh, yeah, don't forget How that. How much is he getting? The fucking tooth fairy is up to $7, according to my wife. I'm like, what the hell? Get the hell out oh, of here. Fuck man. That. You want to freak him out? Give him a dollar. What? Stick 100 a hundred under there. <laughs> oh, dude. That kid's kind of young. That's an early precedent to set. Yeah. Because then dude. the next one is when you get to molars, then what? Oh, my God. Yeah, stick a hundred underneath there. Watch what your wife does. Oh my god. She'd kill me. Not to mention my daughter would be like, What the hell? I think oh, I put one under my pillow last month. I think you need to put a receipt under the pillow. If the kid's smart, out, he'll be pulling all his teeth out. Hear me out. <laughs> right? You gotta leave a I'm receipt rich. under yeah. the pillow that says tooth value seven dollars, cleaning fee six ninety nine, tax. 25 yeah. cents and he owes you 24 cents there you go <laughs> yeah. i'll send you a picture of him crying whatever. tomorrow morning <laughs> yeah yep my wallet's oh. the tooth fairy showed up my wallet's empty yeah <laughs> took it all a nice a little meme label underneath the scott graham made me cry you know what's really mm. good about urcha they had that killer ice cream machine there oh that was Ooh. yeah that was the food at urcha. i heard there was pizza there is there anything else that, that was it pizza that was it. And ice cream. The ice cream was well worth it. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. So somebody just brings it like a, one of them trucks or like a trailer or whatever. And no, it's a little one cylinder diesel engine that. Oh, I saw a video a, of that. A churn. And uh, it's just fantastic. They just make it right there for right you. Right there. Right Fuck, there. That's fucking cool as hell. Yeah. Kudos to whoever that was that decided, you know. I'm going to restore this old diesel ice cream butter churn thing, and we're going to make ice cream. 
Yeah, the only thing That's was disappointed great. he had the two cell lipo sitting right next to it that powered the ignition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was like, ah, you should have hid that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get a go get a lantern battery or something. Yeah, there you go. Right. That'd be yep. cool. So, that speaking of competitions, cool. any notable flights in any of the ones you saw? Battle of the Brands. Uh, we'll get I to wanna, Night of the Midnight Sun in a minute. I need to. I need to give some shout outs for the worlds and specifically someone who's really close to me rasmus because he did yes. he was the best europe he placed best out of all the europeans in the world's competition so i want to say congratulations me. to him I don't so know. that was That's awesome f3n i'm assuming yeah yes yeah so yeah that was awesome young bin it was Oh. Awesome meeting Youngbin had a, spent a lot of time with him. Awesome. Flying was killer. I mean, uh we 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 somehow convinced you to go grab your raw five your raw five eighty and plant it right at the end of the event. <laughs> it's okay, it was well worth it. So that was awesome. Um Kenny, as always, just lays down flights. Always. And it's also uh you haven't had the chance to meet him yet, but uh, Nick. But Kenny's just awesome to talk to. So um, it was just awesome seeing everyone and uh, having such a great time. And congratulations to you all for a very successful Urcha. Yeah, that was awesome. It was great to see all those dudes do well, but you know, to see Nick and uh, Jamie do so well uh, in F3N as well was awesome. Besides worlds, like other competitions, Battle of the Brands. Um... Mitch Morozos won Battle of the Brands. Mitch's I heard he put flight. on a killer flight. Mitch's flight was just off the hook. His inverted pirouetting, like, he couldn't have been more than an eighth of an inch off the grass. Just round and round and round and round and round. I was, hmm. like, I was like, holy crap. Like, how do you keep it level at that speed, pirouetting? Uh, oh, damn. He's, he's just got to have that tune so well. You can't, I can't see how you could make those, you know, adjustments. You're so low. Yeah. Yeah. Man. See? Robot. Robots. These guys are all robots. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. We're very it's lucky. It's cool to watch how fast <laughs> they get in that position, too. So it's not like they're like, get the disc perfectly level and take their time at 12 inches off and slowly lower it. They're like, no, boom. No, bam. And it's pirouetting, like eighth inch up. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. But everybody's flights, Jamie's flights, Nick's flights. I mean, all all of them, they were incredible. Just incredible. I don't think did anybody crash in Battle of Brands? I don't think so, right? Maybe in maybe in an auto, one auto tip no, over. I think the only one that I remember is Ethan had something happen to his. No, he had a ESC quit or something. Yeah. But he didn't crash. Yeah. No. No. You're getting a little quiet there, Devin. You might want to come a little closer to the mic. Well, my um, dad's freaking got it. Oh. We're pushing oh. the mic back and We're forth. We're pushing it back and forth. Okay, you so, fight um, over it. No, I'm not fighting over it. Fuck that. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I came here for. More of that. No, you didn't. <laughs> couldn't, be, couldn't sound more fake if you tried. No, um, no Battle of the Brands, um, all the flights were really good. I I I watched most of them. I just don't remember the the real specifics of the battle of the brands because 
Battle of the Brands is like one of the bigger Urcha events, but at the end of the day, most of the pilots are most of the pilots are professionals and they're they're just having fun. It's just another yeah. fun like, hey, let's go out and have a flight, right? But I do give credit to who is the one guy that won the competition, so he got to fly in Battle of the Brands that and they called him the amateur. I don't remember. Oh, he his did name. really good. He, and he flew really well. Like nice. I give him one hundred percent credit and for how well he flew because he he was he flew and then Kenny flew and Nick flew and Raz flew and Diego flew, all these pretty top notch guys, right? Cade flew, all of them, Mitch and he did really well. It, was, it looked like just another flight of the guys going through the line. Cade came up to me because he was flying his turbine. And he was like, I want to put smoke on it. So we talked about it. I told him how to mix the smoke. And it was freaking killer. <laughs> <laughs> cool. He I was in an say he inverted hover. You couldn't. He was in an inverted hover about pirouetting about three feet off the ground and just Gone. Gone. You couldn't see that. <laughs> <No. laughs> uh, yeah. Like making a little tornado there. Oh, dude, it was great. It was absolutely great. Yeah, I forgot That's about that. That's pretty cool. That was really cool. So I bet Big Air would be awesome. really cool looking with, with a turbine heli and uh, like a big fat plume of smoke. It's not a turbine. It's, more... it's a turbine. What is... Turbine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not from India. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, if you had that, I think it would be really cool to see. Did he do a bunch of big air too, or just hovering around, or what? No, he did a bunch of big air as well. It just looks yeah. really cool. It just here's here's the thing with smoke on turbines. You like it so much, but it eats through it so fast. So because yeah, you're yeah. you're you, it's like smoke fluid when you're pumping it into the exhaust. It's it's not just like a mist. It's a stream out into the hot section of the of the engine, and it just instantly smokes it. And sometimes, if you time it right, it even catches on fire. So you got flames coming out the exhaust of the. Ooh, of the great. that's fun. We've we, we've we've done it on our on our turbines. We you hit the smoke right, and there's a five foot flame behind it. It's great. Hmm, I tell you what, nice. to take a like a five thousand dollar heli actually it's probably more than that it's probably close three yeah the motor's like thirty five hundred dollars itself you take a six seven thousand dollar turbine and you're pure flipping it and doing all this stuff you know like you got a big set (laughs) yeah dude for sure man again inverted hovers in the smoke yeah exactly yeah Uh, it's crazy (laughs) that was pretty rad as you can see i like that flight height Yeah, man, it sounds cool. Yeah, that was. I don't um, think I'll ever have the balls to 3D a turbine. Why not? Uh, my budget. That's scary. Oh, my well, yeah, lack if, of skill. If you ever own one and you're complaining about budget, you shouldn't have one. That's true. Well, yeah, you're at that level. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, that that was really awesome. All those pilots super well. Uh, another one that was really fun was actually the one we were talking about earlier, the noontime competition. That was actually a lot of fun. What made it more fun? It, 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 I didn't say it was more fun. I actually said it was actually a lot of fun. But <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> no, <laughs> that one was really good because um, 
if I had listened to what my father said, I would have tiki pulled my helicopter in the tail slide and just never <laughs> pulled out and just but and see, you know. So this is the one time that I told him you should fly in it and just do whatever you want. Bury the thing. Doesn't matter. We got parts. And let it rip. He says, No, I'm not flying. So I went and got his heli, loaded the battery, brought the radio up, and I was like, here. And he's, lo- he's looking at me like, you really want me to crash it? I'm like, I'm not telling you to crash it, but if it goes in, I'm fine with it. And then he's looked at me, what do you want me to do? I said, just do the tail slide and don't pull out. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't do it. <laughs> no, it was worth it. Oh, yeah. It was worth it because the rest of the flight was, it was what I was flight. told was pretty yeah. killer from yeah. some of from some of it. But no, that was actually a lot of fun. Matthew Kramer got the lowest tail slide. I'm pretty sure he broke a set of skids doing the tail slide. And he did it wrong. Yeah, he did wow. do it roll. Well Braden lower, right? Right, Braden. Um he did a better tail slide, but he actually hit the ground, hit the so ground. he got disqualified. Ooh. With like someone else's helicopter. Yeah, he was flying someone else's nitro, and he did the tail slide and snapped the tail belt because he hit the tail on the ground when he pulled out, and they told him it's not Ooh. valid because he didn't land. And, but, you know, if we wanted to get really theoretical, even though it wasn't in front of himself, it was still on the skid, so is that technically a landing? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe not on target, but it's a landing. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were kind of saying. Um, and then Mitch... Mitch Morosa, again, we're talking about him a lot, but he had the lowest pyro flip, and it was fucking stupid. His, he was taking grass with the tail blades as it was going by in a pyro flip. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. it, wow. was, it was crazy. You could hear it clip. And he, was get, he, was get, he got his timing with the pyro flip so good, so every time he had it on the 90 axis, that's when the tail was coming around and whipping the grass. It was great. Yeah, wow. I was going to say, I, I hope there's a lot more Bill Ann videos coming out. I was chatting with him uh, earlier this week about just thanking him for getting so much stuff out same day from Urcha. Um, Bill who? Man, hearing about all these competitions, I hope there's more, there's more footage coming. Bill I got to tell you, one you probably yeah. won't see is Bill Ann's flight during the KST Power Hour. He put... Oh, all right, on. Did he fly that. on the Power Hour? Yes. For Bill. For Bill, do I don't know anything about how Bill flies, so I've never flight. seen it. He put nice. on a, a great flight. He did an auto with a with a pirouette ending right before the landing. That you know, like for the pro guys, you're like, eh, that's whatever. But for him, it was like, dude, where'd you learn that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy. Yeah. But I suppose awesome. he's the he's like the infamous Bill Ann. So there wasn't anybody to record his flight in the same light that he records others. Yeah. Hopefully somebody got it on a cell phone or Unless something. Yeah, there was some cool asswipe on the mic egging him on. I wonder who that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I heard I heard about this guy. I think it was like a lost senior grabbed the microphone or something. I don't know. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I was like, the yeah, master instigator. Where are we at? We had a helicopter contest. <laughs> <laughs> let's so see some Hueys. Speaking of moments you grabbed the mic, let's talk about uh, King of the Midnight Sun. Tell us a little bit about that competition. Oh, man. That was every flight. Every flight was killer. Um, the guys just put it all out there, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I was on the mic for that one. 
<laughs> you Did you MCN. just call Devin and Rasmus's flight or all of no, them? No, all of them. All of them. Nice. Yep, all of them. Equal opportunity. How does that happen? Did, did someone ask you or did you just like just take it? No, there was nobody nobody did anything. No. Uh, everybody just standing yeah, around. So I'm like, you. let's get this thing going. <laughs> Buddy. You bet. Pump it up. <laughs> That's cool. So a lot of badass flights in that contest or what? Lots lots of badass flights. Lots of yeah. them. Um I mean best single flight, Ben Storick, no doubt. That was that was an angry flight. <laughs> yeah, just like super yeah, aggressive. That was um, an angry flight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's some. Yeah. There's some great footage of that. I, I think that was. A, I don't know if that was Bill Ann or somebody, but there's a great video of that circling around somewhere that uh, was awesome. Yeah, that was. It was crazy. Um, Devons and Rasmus. That was ex- exciting. Just exciting. Yeah. Two helis, close proximity, fast. Um, you know, I was like, wow, that's cool. That's cool. And they did ask to do the tandem and they were told yes. <laughs> so Devin, what, what made you decide to do a tandem versus like you and Rasmus going head to head? Okay. So this is actually really funny. Cause this is all my dad's idea. We, I was standing there with Rasmus and he goes, I'm going to find the midnight and the king of the midnight sun. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Have fun. I root for you. And my dad walks up and goes, you should do a tandem with Devin to Rasmus. And Rasmus goes, oh, all right, let's do it. And walks away. <laughs> so that's, that's how it came. Yeah. And I, I was like, all right, well, you know what? It was said and I agreed. So we're going to do it. And we walked up and we asked the officials and they told us they don't see no reason why we can't. And we competed like that. So it was, uh, that, that's basically the whole gist behind why we did that. It was, it was purely because my dad was like you should do this and we just went okay dude it was extra entertaining to watch i bet it would have been fun as hell to be in person and watch the flight you know tandem was, flights are always fun it was really was entertaining badass. actually it was really entertaining yeah. and it helped a, it was really funny because um young Vin was standing right behind us and talking in our ears the whole time so. <laughs> <laughs> you should do this you should do that i bet one of the things was that was really impressive about it was they're so in sync with like the hurricanes and some of the other maneuvers. It was like, you guys never flew be- together, you know, no practice, no nothing. Just went out there, talked to each other and flew. I was like, it's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. It was a good flight and a night flight even, which is, makes it even more cool. Night tandem. Oh, flights yeah. Are fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely a cool flight. I and two flashes on solo and like head to headed against each other, like both with two, fl- you know, your own flashes. But uh, it was definitely a very cool flight. We did go head to head. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. One at a time, head to head, like compete against each other versus with. Um, I think the crowd just wanted to see exciting shit. It was, and they gave it to them. Yeah. That's yeah. exact. That. That's exactly the gist of why we did it, because at the end of the day, you're at Urcha, and yes, all these single flights are really cool, but they want to see, but the crowd wants to see helis almost hitting each other and all this mm-hmm. fun, and all this fun stuff, and that's what we did, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, but you you failed at hitting each other. No, we we did not fail at hitting each other. We <laughs> succeeded at missing each other. 
Uh, if you want to know to have mid airs, let me know. Yeah, Scott, we know you're a professional at mid airs. Um, <laughs> we, we know you're a lot of skids and then we, come out of that into we were covers. intentionally trying to hit each other, but we did say if it happened, it happened. So let's have fun. And it, there were a couple yeah. close ones. There were a couple close ones. Not, mm, not yeah. all the time. We mostly kept to our left, right, and then kind of when we got in the center, it was kind of whoever got there first was there first. But yeah, yeah, that's my ball. It's a, yeah. it's a good. Everyone flew really well. There were actually a shit ton of pilots that flew for that. It was that was very long. It, it was. We started when it got dark at like what ten thirty probably, and it went and the last pilot didn't fly until probably midnight. Wow. Mm, nice. That's cool. nice. It, I That's think awesome. Were, I think there were like 15, 16 people that flew. It yeah. was it was a really good time. So speaking of flashes, uh, anything new from Oxy released at Archa? Or any news? No. No, <laughs> no, no new releases from Oxy at Urcha. When is Oxy gonna release the full fat seven hundred? The, the vitamin D full fat vitamin 700. D. Yeah, the non-lightweight 700, if there's such a thing in the works. Who knows? Because I want one of those. That's what I want. Who knows? Okay. All right. Just make really I think we need to call it the full fat 700, honestly. That's awesome. Full fat 700. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the whole milk version. I don't know. Do None it. of that skim milk bullshit. Oxy Seven yeah. Fat Boy. Yeah, with like you know a World War Two like side of the B fifty two bomber like pinup chunky girl <laughs> painting on the side. Of the yeah. Full fat seven hundred. <laughs> it's called the Oxy Thick. The Thick. Come on, Oxy Thick. Come on, oh, Fat Blades. I don't oh. know about you guys. <laughs> All right. I want to get. Some closing Urcha thoughts from y'all. So I know the pilot count was 367. Uh, uh, my first question for you guys was, what did you think the ratio of like sponsored pilots to non-sponsored was? <laughs> Rough. You kidding me? <laughs> At the beginning of the event or the end of the event? No, it doesn't, Scott, it doesn't make a difference if it's beginning or end. It's, it's pretty high. Yeah. It was hard-pressed to find somebody there that wasn't sponsored. So Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't know what that says about our hobby or about Urcha as an event. Because when you go to another event, that's not necessarily true. The ratio is, I don't know, I've never been to Urcha. But from what I've heard, it feels like the ratio at, say, Dragonfly or Heli X is very different than the ratio at Urcha. Or would you say they're all the same? I honestly think that the uh, one of the reasons the vendors aren't there and the force they used to be is because everybody's sponsored. It's no, that's totally valid, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, they're businesses. They have to make business-minded decisions. And if you're not going to sell anything because everybody's sponsored and has an arrangement or a discount or whatever, like, why would you go? Well, and you can't bitch about it because they're the ones that sponsored everybody. So yeah, yeah. No, I guess I'm not bitching. Um, yeah. I'm curious mostly, uh, and I also think that improving the event down the road is going to be about how do we draw more everyday pilots yeah that's a tough one that's um, a tough one you know there's, but, a, there's not, not a lot of young people, people getting involved um at least not that i can see we don't really have too many young people coming out and flying at our fields 
How about you guys? The young people that were the young people are still the young people, and that would come down to me, to like me, Justin Cook, and all those guys. There's a handful of kids that are younger than us, but like they're they're still coming up and trying to get in and get source organized, right? I mean, besides like Val, uh, Braden, he's another younger one that's younger than us. But who else is there besides that? I think one kid from Ohio. Yeah. That's all I know. I know there's I know like four or five kids maybe that are hard pressed into the hobby and enjoy it but even not the kids yeah. like you know mid 20 year old guys girls yeah it's you know. really hard to do it at that age yeah it is yeah, yeah. you're I mean, into if so my much kids came stuff. to me and said i want to do this thing and it costs you know several thousand dollars i'd be yeah. like whoa what you know how about we go play soccer instead um I mean, I wouldn't say that, but you know what? Like, I get when other parents who don't necessarily know about the hobby hear these price points. Um, yeah. yeah. The other thing like with so Urcha is Urcha itself as a package, what you have to spend to go there, it's a yeah. lot of money. It's a lot, yeah. It's a lot of money. You know, if you're hoteling it, camper, even if you're tent camping, you still got to get out there. You got to eat. You got to enter. Um, you're gonna break some stuff, you know. It's yeah, just but is that any more expensive than any other fun fly? Or say, oh god, yeah. You want to know what I spent on fuel? <laughs> yeah, right. Just that. Well, all right. So it's further for you, not necessarily for everybody. But like, assuming it's the same distance for everyone, is it any more expensive than any other fun fly? But it's not. It's in Muncie. <laughs> no, I know. Which is far for some, not for everyone. But you know, fun flies that are close for us are not necessarily close for everyone else either. So, so I think if you take Nick, if you take the, even just the transport, if you could teleport yourself right to the AMA grounds and start from there, immediately it is more expensive than other ones. You know, yes. like I'm about to go to this fun fly in Grand Forks, Minnesota, and that one, uh, the landing fee is twenty bucks if I got my AMA. To go to Urcha, I have to have my AMA and then also get my Urcha to spend the whatever 100 or 120 bucks to get my Urcha membership, which also comes with my landing fee for the flying fields that day or that week or that weekend or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So right out of the gate, I go from regular fun fly, 20 bucks landing fee, Urcha fun fly, $120 to get in. Right. So just right off the bat, we're quite a bit more just to start. And then, you know, obviously just at any fun fly you would have to figure out your lodging or camping and that's roughly going to be the same really anywhere you go you know what i'm saying but you know the other part of it too i think is that it, it being a fun fly that lasts as long as it does you're a captive audience for much longer so that's gonna that's gonna cost more than being gone just for the weekend and you've packed enough food in your cooler you know um or um you know uh Rob, you had mentioned, you know, fuel. My first thought was nitro fuel to fly my heli with, you know, all week. Um, that kind of stuff would cost quite that's a bit cheap. more because you'll you'd be flying quite that's a bit cheap. more. Yeah, that's, that's cheap. That's cheap. Okay. Okay. Well, so maybe yeah. that doesn't matter. We could but, tell you one way of diesel to pull a trailer behind it. Yeah, one way, it's about $600. See, damn. Yeah, see, that's You have a long, how many hours of driving is that? 12. Yeah, so you're far. But, you know. It's about the same distance from here, I think. It is the same difference. I mean, Steve Young came from uh, Virginia, Florida. Guys came from the West Coast. I mean, yeah. Cade drove from California. Dang. That's like 25, that's 30 insane. hours. 20, yeah. But Cade hours. also competed yeah. in Worlds, so there's a difference, right? It's a special once-in-a-lifetime or, 
you know, not many well, times in a lifetime opportunity. He went to uh, Global. He went to Global. What do you think that costs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, a ton. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. People competing at Worlds will probably travel further than those of us going to a fun fly. Uh, yeah. Because it's, it's different. But, I try to think of ways right. to boost Urcha, you know, to bring some of it back. And uh, I haven't come up with anything yet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to, to knock it at anything. If anything, it feels like... I don't know, you guys were there. Did it feel like things are at a turning point where we feel like it's going to get legit and maybe we'll get to numbers like six to 800 in the next several years? Or do we think it's kind of stuck at 350 to 500 for a while? I think it's stuck there. It's just... I and mean, I still definitely want to go. It's, it's hard for me to say because when we first went to Urcha, you know, how old were you? Uh, Eight? First, the first year we went to Urcha, I was... No, I was I was ten. I was double digits. Yeah. Um, ten or eleven. Yeah, but there was also a thousand people there our first year Urcha, so it was yeah. very exciting. It was all new. Um, tons of vendors, tons of used stuff for sale, tons of food. I didn't know anybody, so everything everything was new, everything, and it was just like. You, you got done with it, and you were like, where do I sign up for next year? Nice. So we've been going 10, yeah, it's probably 10 years, and um, it's just changed. You know, a lot of the vendors that we're going don't go anymore. It's real expensive for them. Um, it was so urgent for me, Nick, like I said last week, was, you know, mixed emotions. It was good. It was bad. Um, it was exciting. It was disappointing. How did I put it last week? It's like drive, watching your mother-in-law drive off a cliff in your brand new Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like your mother-in-law or no? <laughs> it, was, it was like that because there was drama. <laughs> there was excitement. There were great pilots. Um, there was lack of food. Um, it was just a lot of, it, like I said, it was the best time I've ever had and the worst. It was both in different aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like lacking some sort of overarching, whatever that would need to be, to be that glue that sucks it all together. I honestly I thought with the international guys being there, there would be more people. That's what I thought, because they're exciting. You don't get to see those guys. You know, you'll see a few yeah. here and there, but not, not like all of them. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly going to go back, you know. I had a good, I had a really good time. But at the same time, I'd like to see more vendors, more stuff. Um, you know, the drama during the uh, meeting. Jesus. I didn't go there to see that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I heard that, that was exciting. And, and you know, I, like I said, I'm not really interested in getting into it, but it sounds like there was not only some drama between regular members and the board, but even amongst members of the board. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that happens. They're trying to straighten yeah. stuff out and change it. So you're going to go through that. But it's just like you go out there, you spend all this money, you bring all your stuff with you. I want to have fun. That's what I want yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. I think if they could bring the fun back, that that would help. Yeah, that would definitely. Well, I think you did it right, man. If if I ever go, I want to get there on like the Saturday prior, rent an RV, and just fly my ass off for three or four days, and then watch and, then watch. and have fun. Yep. Yep. Uh, and enjoy. It. I had a blast. I had a blast helping everybody. Um, trying to pass on some knowledge if I have any. <laughs> and, uh, you do. Yeah. It was a good time. It was a really good time. I know. Devin, I wish I had uh, a... any closing. Sorry. Go. No, I, was, I wish I had somebody who could help me drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a long haul, brother. It was a long yeah, haul. Right? I want to be yeah. Devin and just like coast in where everything already set up. Coast in with all your shit ready to go, your batteries charged. <laughs> And, yeah. then my your shit yeah. and come home Batteries and charged, it's all helicopters ready your kst shirt ironed and on the bed <laughs> Boom. no it ain't ironed it ain't ironed no, <laughs> no. So. <laughs> oh man urch is definitely yeah, well worth it it's worth going it's exciting for the new guy that's never been there you'll have a blast um it's just when you when you saw it with what it was compared to now it's like how do we get it moving towards that direction you know yeah well that's the benefit that i'll have when i go because uh, yep. i will go at some point whenever i have that week available uh is that it'll be the biggest fun fly i've ever been to regardless because i don't think i've been in anything north of 150 so um yeah even 367 big. is bigger for me so well here's the thing fun. though when there were a thousand people there it's big it's really big when there's 300 400 in your mind the number's big but they're spread out over such a big flight line that it doesn't look big it feels kind of sparse it just looks like a regular fun fly but longer yes that's what i tell my wife i swear it's big it's just it's spread out yeah (laughs) it's like a regular one just longer Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, well, it is. It's a long, long event. The thing's probably quarter mile long, maybe half mile long. Big. Nice. But they're all spread out. So, Devin, pry that microphone away from your dad. Any, yeah. uh, any, any closing thoughts on, on your end, Perch, or what you thought of this year? Uh, I had a really fun year. I, I always have fun at Urcha, and um, I always say it, yes, there is a, a business side to going to Urcha, right? But Urcha for me is one of those places where I get to see a lot of my international guys that I don't get to see off. So that that also is a you know a real big help when it's going because I get to see people I don't get to see all the time. I talk to them all the time on the on the phone. I don't talk to them face to face all the time. So that that helps a lot. And meeting all the people that also listen to the podcast for the first time because maybe they live over there or it's just the one event that they go to a year because it's you know it's urchas that it's the main event it's it's the event of the year and um i just i just have a a, a blast every year just even if I, if i didn't fly i would still be having a lot of fun just talking and seeing all the people right on right on well thanks guys for for sharing your thoughts uh with those of us that didn't get to go and your perspective uh thanks to brian for coming on as well and uh, I think that about wraps it up for, for this episode. Um, so let's, uh, let's do some emails and get on out of here. So, Devin, 
our long lost Devin. If uh, someone uh, wants to welcome you back, how do they get a hold of you? Um, Devin McClellan on Facebook or Devin at rchnv3.com. All right. You can hit me at uh, Nick Wisdom at rchnv3.com or on Facebook at Nick Wisdom RC. You can find Mr. Dank Reed at uh, Dan at rchnv3.com. What about you, Scott? <laughs> Still can't get over the fact that it's Dank Reed. He's <laughs> 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 with soggy saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If you want to, if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at scott at rchnv3.com, and that's probably the best way. I check that every Monday before we record, and I try my best to respond to everyone before we get going. Speaking of soggy sacks, McToon, if uh, someone wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Uh, best place to get me is Facebook, or come out to our event in September. <laughs> <laughs> You keep saying our event in September, but do you want to plug it with, like, dates and a location? Yeah, it's Helly's Gone Wild in Southampton, New Jersey, Allen Air Park, September 15th, 16th, and 17th. Right on. Yay. And if you want to plug your event, by all means, hit up one of us via email. We'll be sure and add it to the news. Uh, Sweet. And then, lastly, to get us on out of here, Rob, someone wants to get a hold of you. How do they do so? Hmm. Okay, well... If you want to get a hold of me, then what you would need to do is hijack yourself a spider monkey and bring the spider monkey to Dan's house and unleash the monkey in his heli dungeon and hopefully the monkey will not leave a message for you because I don't know how to finish the bit. Spank the monkey. <laughs> Maybe Dan will come spank the monkey and then get mad at me for mailing him a live animal. Um, but if you would rather just ask me a question directly, just email me at, um, or you could hit me up actually on Facebook at uh, NextGenRCFB uh, or Instagram at NextGenRC, YouTube.com slash NextGenRC. All right, with that, this has been episode 51. Which is kind of our one-year anniversary, but we'll talk about that next week. And uh, we'll catch you all real soon. Dan, we missed you. Sorry you couldn't make it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Let's uh, go ahead and dig into the main topic. All right. So, so this week, we're oh, going to... There we go. Fucking shit. Oh, go ahead, Devin. You're fine. What's up? Uh, uh, no, there's just a really long pause in it. It also looked like my dad's getting ready to let one rip. <laughs> <laughs> my dad my dad thought I muted the mic and I just watched him fucking slide over and, and <laughs> shit on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all fourth graders. Yep. For sure. Continue.